It's not brain science. It's rocket surgery. This is the Ice Pirates. Har. The Incomparable. Number 240. March 2015. I am Jason Snell. We are back with another bad movie. 1984's The Ice Pirates. Let me introduce our panel. David Lohr. Sign in. Letters from listeners. We get letters. Oh, wait. Wrong show. Very much so. Damn it. That is a... Wrong show and person. And person. Steve Lutz. Ahoy, Jason. How be ye? (laughs) Oh, wait. I'm I'm supposed to be an ice pirate. Brr. Our terrible Matty. (laughs) Um, Monty Ashley. Hello. I'm making a noise like an ice cube. (laughs) Wow. That is so good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Andy Inatko, sign in. I'd like to have a funny quip, but to do so, I would have I would need the ability to feel joy. Which <laughs> seeing this movie tonight kind of burned out of me. I'll be okay Spoilers. tomorrow, but I just Spoilers. I don't want to disappoint. I'll be okay. I, I I I have to believe I'll be okay. Joseph Rosenstiel, hello, hello, spring water. I can smell it. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. <laughs> John Syracuse, you again. You know, two movies into the series, and I'm already questioning why. Why are you doing these episodes again? <laughs> a good question. <laughs> it is a good question. It I'm is asking. A very, very good question. Self flagellation. Myself earlier, and now I am asking myself, I, and I don't have an answer. I, for one, am surprised that you that you went along with this. <laughs> I don't know how that happened? I must be very persuasive in my. Let's watch terrible movies. The Ice Pirates is a film from 1984 starring TV's Robert Urich and Woo! TV's Mary Crosby and TV's Ron Perlman and TV, televised award shows Bruce Valanche. Was Ron Perlman on TV at this point? I don't I don't know. It, this <laughs> this whole thing this whole thing is a very strange the tone of it, the way it's lit and shot, it feels very TV, even though I know it's a movie. The credits feel like they're right out of Murder, She Wrote. Exactly. The, the, the still the, the still frame grams under the credits, like, I, I you're just like rubbing my face in the movie at this point, <laughs> that you basically, you basically shot this like an A-team, and that was it. Yeah, the budget of this film was reportedly $9 million, or $2 million <laughs> less than Star Wars. <laughs> and as near as I can tell, seven million dollars of that was spent on cocaine. That's the yeah, only possible say, yeah. What was the street well, price yeah. back they, then? They had to pay for Robert Urich, so you know, yeah, oh, yeah. Spencer for no hire. It's right there in the that name. That was before. That was before Spencer. And yeah, Vegas had like a dollar sign in the title, so that should have been a tip. Yeah, I mean, too, he was right? he was much, money. And, and you had Manimal's Michael D. Roberts. So he was from Manimal. <sighs> he was from Manimal. Man, I knew would, I liked that guy. Would be from Manimal, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was all ahead of him at this point. So there's a there's a crawl like Star Wars. This is the moment where this <laughs> movie is briefly sort of like Star Wars. Well, there's a lot of moments in this movie where you can tell someone was thinking, let's put this in. Uh-huh. It's sort of like Star Wars. I, I, I agree. <laughs> that that definitely happens through I have I have a moment later which we'll get to where I where I realized, oh my god, they're trying to be Star Wars here. And it is not <laughs> it is not good. But it starts with a crawl. We're we're told that in the galaxy water is the only thing left of value. I don't really understand how that could possibly be. And <laughs> And, uh, you know, people are made mostly of water and you have yeah. to drink things or you die. And yet we are told, just, just suffice it to say, water is the only thing. Available. It's because we've been squandering our hydrogen and oxygen. This is the cautionary tale, folks. Well, it was supposedly the direct result of an interstellar war. And I'm not entirely certain how interstellar war causes 
galactic drought. The layers just boil the water and it evaporates and then it's gone forever, uh, never to return. <laughs> I, I I kept thinking that the engines on their rocket ships probably produce so much water just from the chemical, <laughs> assuming they're chemical rockets, like the byproduct of their reactions and their engines should just be producing tremendous amounts of water all the time for the entire course of the movie and they're not interested in it. I just kept wondering how much water an entire galaxy needs. <laughs> Because I know about how much a planet needs. Well, there are only and, six planets. Well, okay, that <laughs> saves right. some time. The seventh but... one is gone. Yeah. There were <laughs> yeah. seven. Seventh one is gone. No. In the galaxy. That's why the pirates have a moon, because there are only six planets. Right. Um, this is the worst Battlestar Galactica I've ever seen. I, I, I thought I see. I thought you were going to say it's the worst episode of Firefly because it's got a little bit of that a little yeah. bit of that vibe to it. So there are it's gray, the worst episode of Red Dwarf too. There are gray robots. They're ugly. Mm-hmm. And they walk around. <laughs> now, I think the robot design in this is actually kind of cool. Mm. But ah! they're supposed to be battle robots. <laughs> Did you buy them for one second as fighters? Um, maybe they're, they're supposed to be like hockey goalies? Well, no, they, they don't <laughs> fight very well. But but I think they they look robot They look like big hulking battle robots. They look inflatable. Like a person in a they look like than... they'd be comfortable to lie down on top of, like if you're watching, playing video games. <laughs> nice mattress. and soft and squishy. I thought they were okay. If you if you squint a little bit so that you can't see like the flex in the uh, material, I, I at least thought they were kind of creepy looking and and vaguely robot esque. All right, I'll give you I'll give you creepy looking. Although I think they should have they should have gotten the guy who did the robot design to make a second one. Was my opinion. <laughs> well, they're, they're they're mostly there for comic relief. So I guess the fact that they are hilariously bad works towards their you know but th- like they're not you're not supposed to take them seriously no one is supposed to be scared of the robots they're no. they're entirely there for comic relief which they may or may not be successful at but that's <laughs> kind of how i can excuse how terrible they are i i think the focus pulling is for comic relief i think the key gripping on this movie is for comic relief <laughs> i don't think that they succeeded any of those uh i i the problem i have with the gray robots is that they're that they're all just kind of uniformly the one you know color of the material they cast the robots in and so there's nothing really interesting except for the black one jason except for the black one the perfect one he's perfect um they're um they're interesting in the sense that they are these kind of chunky blocky robots but um you know they're not they're not shiny like Star Wars droids. They're well, just they did these... the Star Wars thing where everything is kind of junky and falling apart, <laughs> and like they're going for that sort of gritty, dirty space angle where it's like, oh, the robots aren't. You know, instead of robots being these clean machines that you know, like the, the typical like sort of fifties and sixties sci-fi robots, these are the post-Star Wars robots where they're kind of hunks of junk and they're, they're they need to be repaired and they're breaking all the time. You know. I don't think everything falling apart was on purpose, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what he said. There's two, there's two ways to do the junky future. One is you spend a lot of money to build some things and make them look really bad. And the other is just, don't, just to build junk. Don't, don't yeah. Just throw some junk out there and see if anybody <laughs> that, notices. That, that, that underscores like one of the first notes I have on this movie, which is that this is like the, an all- rental movie where it's like don't break that gun it's rented don't put don't go put your fist in that that part of the set it's rented everything is like even the music is just like catalog music from simon Not- simon catalog the mike post uh, pete carpenter catalog i think is where the music comes from keep in mind i made this note about the robot design being kind of cool in the very opening segment where everything ah. is dark and you can't actually see them very well 
Was this before or after the poop joke? Because time yeah. poop oh, the poop joke I in love this movie the fact is amazing. That fresh off the credits, we get a pooping alien. Immediately. That is the best. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know what this movie is about. Yeah. It's a pooping yeah. alien. Okay. So that that's a bathroom that's got multiple stalls, but there are no doors on the stalls. What kind of crazy alien universe is this? I mean, I know there can't be a door because we need to be able to see him because that's the joke. But I mean, I, it's it's the law firm from Ally McBeal. Ah. Exactly. That, that's the way aliens like it, Jason. Racist. Also, does the door out of the bathroom lead to a landing bay or something? Yeah. Because they come uh, straight from the ship into the bathroom. Well, that's the first place you want to stop. Yeah. Right? You've just gotten off your ship. You want to, you know. Instead of flushing, do you just open the airlock and let everything sort of fly out into space? <laughs> They're cutting their way through the hull there. You put the bathroom up against the bulkhead because nobody, you know, wants to see out. Or But there's a convenient door right there. Oh, sure. Okay, but 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 point out that have you ever seen a bathroom? like In your house right now, the bathrooms are all on exterior parts of the house where there are windows to the outside. True. How do you know that? Hey, at least they acknowledge that the ship has to have a bathroom. Did you see any bathrooms in Star Wars? Where do all those people poop? Nobody yeah, knows. That's true. Mm, well, we know where point. these guys poop right away. Yeah, you need a bathroom Thank for Chewbacca. Oh, the oh. thing is, it's not really a poop joke. They have this whole setup, and they like the no. first thing that they dedicate time to is the gag where they all walk past and tell the guy behind them to take care of them. Like that's that's their big opening gambit for humor. I do like that the alien is reading a space magazine, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I tried to get a good uh, freeze frame on it to see what it was, and as far as I could tell, it says something like star stunners so he's he's up to yeah. no good in yeah. there. He, mm-hmm. he's looking at a girly mag my theory is that this is the one mask this is the one mask either they had actually custom made or it's the one mask they paid the most for because you see that same mask like in eight other scenes that guy keeps on coming back well this is the only alien that we get a lower body for i don't think we ever see anything well, below the head legs, on the others. Yeah. So we, we can't we can't go off the pooping alien just yet. I wanted to point out my <laughs> Steve's got twenty minutes on this. My my severe disappointment that they chose to pipe in normal human sounding fart noises rather than coming up with some oh, interesting. As a connoisseur of fart noises, I you am. can tell that those are human fart noises. It's it's like the, the, the enterprise in space. How are you going to know what it is if it doesn't sound like it? Uh, you could guess. He's in the bathroom yeah. doing yeah, what this you do. Reverb on it. You know. Alien looks embarrassed, waves his hand in front of his face, says, excuse me. Does, does, the, ca- does the cassette of public domain special effects sounds have an alien fart noise? <laughs> then you might have heard it. You had $9 million, guys. Put put a little money Just in. Just play and- some Daft Punk. <laughs> It'll be fine. That's robot farting. They put all that money toward these special effects, like that yes. shot where there's a spaceship surrounded by a light gray box that moves uh, across <laughs> the screen. These, these spaceship designs are like the least, least imaginative spaceship. Like, they're... Just, I don't understand. They should have copied Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica way more with these spaceship designs. Well, the freighter sort of looks like a gonk droid turned on its side. <laughs> <laughs> I have a note that says the spaceship flies away from the series of gray boxes. That there's just like many of these ships are literally just like rail cars. Just I want to say space. something nice about this movie, though. After the pooping scene, uh-huh. uh, you know, the, the movie's starting. I'm you, like, you okay, just the, said something nice about this movie. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> They after the pooping scene, my feeling when I'm watching because I've seen this movie a million times, but all when I was a kid, and I'm watching it again, and the feeling I'm having now has nothing to do with the feelings I ever had as a kid. I'm seeing a young Ron Perlman and a young Angelica Houston, and thinking, "Look, they were young and beautiful once," and it gave me a warm, yeah. fuzzy feeling. It's Not true. That, I didn't even feel bad for them being in this movie. I'm like, "That's Angelica Houston." 
And you know and what? Look, they Ron put Perlman in looks the like he's 10 years old. Yeah, it's weird and, seeing and Ron Perlman as a little guy like in a scene. Everyone is handsome and young and non-wrinkled. Yeah. And it oh, made okay. me John, feel young. Except John, for John, John Carradine. We'll get exactly. There. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll get there. But the, the, even, we'll even weirder is the fact that in this dumper of a movie, they all put in good performances. Well, they do. That's not well, too far. Mm, <laughs> I mean, well, they're young and beautiful. Let's just leave it at that. They're given awful things to say and do, but at the same time, they they put themselves into these roles as bad as these roles are. Spencer tries to be charismatic and like I mean, it's just... I liked I liked Robert Urich in this. I thought he was I thought he was fine. I I said right off the bat, I love Robert Urich. I miss Robert Urich. I watched him in all kinds of crappy shows and like until Spencer, everything got canceled. Um, he really gives us all. He's just fun. He is the the off brand TV Han Solo in this, well, right? He is like three levels below Han Solo. Uh, I, He's know, like, I know. I know. Got Han us Solo, all, Indiana Jones, two more people, and then him, and then him. Yeah. He, he, well, he definitely yeah. he definitely did a lot of upper upper body work for for later on scenes. He knew he he knew there's going to be a lot of open shirt work here. Uh-huh. So I I did I did I don't think that he was he embarrassed himself in his performance. I do think this was a very much. Okay, I, I've signed to do this. I was optimistic when I read the script. Clearly, this is not going to be a movie that does anything for me, but I'm going to try to get out of this with some dignity, if not a whole lot of effort. But I, but but I agree that Angelica. I did that. That was that was one of my notes too. Angelica Houston is actually pretty good in this. She is an interesting character mm-hmm. in this, probably because the movie was very very kind and did not give her a whole lot to do. And she's wearing Mad Max <laughs> outfits, right? And wearing it well. I'm not convinced that giving your all is necessarily a good thing. I would point to Bruce Valanche, who gives quite well, a lot. He, he could give less. He gives standard effort. He, gives, he, gives, he phalanches his way through this very nicely. <laughs> yeah, right. He yeah. plays himself in this movie, basically. Bruce Valanche doesn't have a lot to give, so giving his all is frankly not that impressive. <laughs> Act, actual Bruce Valanche is not surrounded by ladies quite as often as this movie would suggest. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will say that I, I saw his, I saw his name in the opening credits, so my eyes were open for him. I I I had he, he doesn't appear till late in the movie. I thought, okay, is he in drag as that frog lady? Because I can totally see someone <laughs> casting Bruce oh, Valanche as the on. frog lady, hitting yeah. on Robert Urich. Oh. You know Bruce Valance when you see him. He's just yeah. he jumps right out at you. You feel like you can smell him when you see him on screen too. <laughs> so the, the so we have those wonderful mats. Joe, do you want to say anything about the wonderful those uh, wonderful mats about uh, about uh, those those gray boxes surrounding those ships? No, just that it's 1984 and this is abysmal. Even well, <laughs> even uh, for the mid 80s, it's terrible. That that was my thought. Was was you know mm-hmm. uh, Ghostbusters was this year. Uh, Back to the Future is a year away. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. those are not movies with pristine special effects, but I felt like they were trying. And this does not feel like they're really trying. I mean, again, Battlestar Galactica was really good at reusing effects from other things, even to get something. Well, how Crawl was uh, by by the co writer of this film came out a year earlier and i don't remember it feeling this cheesy and it's also a bad movie but i i remember there actually being good backgrounds you are remembering poorly (laughs) (laughs) i must be that's when i did see when i was a kid this one i did not that's not what this movie is about though the space stuff is so like to to its credit can't be they don't have the money for it to be right right it's it's about running around (laughs) on sound stages and with like a little tiny bit of location shooting they had nine million dollars i know (laughs) Nine million dollars. Well, the cocaine was very expensive. And I think not not only the cocaine, but think about how much money they had to pay the Golden Globes people for the for that award season. 
This was the early 80s. John Matusak uh, commands a premium, too. He does. He I does. think this movie is only half Star Wars ripoff. The other half is pirate movie ripoff. Yes. Oh, certainly. Right. Yeah. Good. Oh, and and Mad point. Max ripoff. And, and it, mis- it wishes it was Time Bandits, obviously, but yeah. it's not. And then also there's uh, Alien later on when somebody yes, has exactly. seen that movie and says, we got to do Alien. Let's do something like that, except not as good. Did you get the feeling that this is a story that really went through like studio executive process where at some point they, at some point there might have been an interesting sort of science fiction story that was originally written and this oh Star Wars is hot can we can you make it more Star Warsy and then and then there there was in the early 80s there was like a big because of the uh, the Kevin Klein Linda Ronstadt uh, version of uh, uh, Pirates of Penzance uh, the Central Park that became a, a good movie there was actually like a vogue for pirate movies so then the studio executives after you know <laughs> up from his mirrored coffee table tops is <laughs> pirate stuff like you make it a pirate space theme movie no i don't i don't think so yeah uh, this, this reads to me more like a bunch of comedy writers had some good ideas for space related gags and they said can we i've got like five good gags can we make a movie to tie those five gags together and that's what this reads like more less like a science fiction movie that was sort of like watered down or perverted and more like a bunch of comedy writers had some ideas, and they managed to get them into a movie. Yeah, it, it lurches from what it thinks is a set piece to what, a, what it thinks is a set piece. And occasionally you get a scene that's ripped directly out of History of the World Part 1. Right. But then you get back to sort of a Star Warsy scene and then sort of a piratey scene. and then It, it does have a certain charm. Like, I mean, if, if give an example in yes. the beginning of the movie when he sees the, the, what's her name, inside the little tube sleeping or whatever, and he walks up to it and, and he opens it up. And he blows off the smoke, and then he leans down on her, and the first thing he does is takes his finger and tries to peek down her shirt. Yeah. That yeah. that is that's a good comedy space movie movie. You didn't expect him to do that. You say, "Oh, it's going to be all serious. He's going to look at her and maybe kiss her." He's like, "Nope, it goes right for the shirt." And then they make jokes about raping people. Yeah, yeah that, that well. really threw me off. <laughs> but this but this thing really confused me because I, I I think I I think I might have seen it as a kid in the theaters, or I might, I might be just remembering seeing the trailer when I was a kid. But I remember this as being supposedly a comedy movie, and there were like five ten minutes where nothing comedic, yeah. not, e- not even yeah. not even a joke that that's, doesn't that's... land. I'm saying that here's a five or ten minute stretch where there isn't a joke, there isn't a funny situation, there isn't any tension. Yep. They're just trying. There's being a really bad like drama yeah they didn't they didn't have enough jokes to fit in the movie. I, I expected this to be a movie that was like like something like Spaceballs, like trying way yeah. too hard to stuff no, as no, many no. jokes in as possible and it was not that it was it was a light touch and there are some funny moments and there were a couple moments where i laughed out loud but it's it is <laughs> i mean it is mostly like a light pirate movie that happens to be set in space and has some jokes which is it's weird it's not at all what i expected I, I gotta say this this was not was not by any stretch of the imagination a good movie, but I was thoroughly entertained by this film, and that's more than I can say for some of the films that we've watched for this podcast. <laughs> I, I feel exactly the opposite. Are we still in the opening credits? Yeah. <laughs> so the crawl. We're past the poop. Okay. Pooping alien. So we got pirates. We got people in chainmail armor, which I had totally forgotten yeah. that people have swords in this movie. Again, yeah. they, they just rented whatever they could: <laughs> laser guns and metal swords. Yeah, no, it's just right out of right out of central. Yeah, they, you know, yeah. 
The Templars are medieval knights. And in fact, there are lasers that are occasionally used. But lasers, I think lasers may be shot with uh, something that involves water because there's obviously a shortage of lasers because most people just have swords. And that throughout the movie, I'm like, if you're firing off lasers, why do you have these? Give give the robots a laser. Give the robots guns instead of swords. Yes. But like the whole idea is that it's pirates. And and that whole premise is so ridiculous. And again, it's like it's so much cheaper to just go into the prop shop and say you've got chain mail from like those robin hood movies great we're done done put those put those on the guys give them fake looking swords done don't think yeah. about it the maid outfit is right out of like oh you know a maid outfit from some english movie that's it just no not modified in any way just use it as is i imagine a producer yelling at someone saying star wars had swords we can have swords can we make them lasery and glowy? No, nope, we no. don't have the money for that. No, we ran out nope. of highlighter. We ran out these swords. <laughs> We're going to use these swords, okay? The robots have swords. You have a gun. Yeah, the robots. <laughs> the robots have swords, robots. okay? <laughs> I am so excited to tell you about our new sponsor for the incomparable. I use it. I love it. It's Slack. Slack is a messaging platform for teams at work. We use it for the incomparable. We use it at Relay FM. When I left Macworld, I left an office environment behind. My human interaction slowed to a crawl. Pretty much children at my kids' school and the occasional adult. But you know what? I'm not cut off from the world because I'm on Slack. I'm on the Relay FM Slack channel. I'm on the incomparable Slack channel. I'm keeping in touch with people, formulating great podcast ideas with these great people using Slack. Slack is a messaging platform for teams at work. It brings all your communications into one central place. Everything is searchable. Everything is searchable. It's available on any device. I've got it on my iPhone, my iPad. I've got it on my Mac. I use it all the time throughout the day. Instead of having disparate communications where there's stuff in email and IM and Skype and all these different places, everything is happening in Slack. It's easy to search. It's integrated with all the tools and services you're already using in your organization. Google Drive, Google Hangouts, Dropbox, Trello, GitHub, Stripe, Jira, MailChimp. They're all integrated. We even have an animated GIF or is it GIF? I'll let you decide, tool that we use all the time just to entertain ourselves. It's amazing. More than half a million people and more than 60,000 different teams are using Slack every day, including not just Relay and not just The Incomparable, but Airbnb, New York Times, eBay, Yelp, Adobe, even the Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory at the South Pole. Slack's mission is to make people's working lives simpler, more pleasant, more productive. I can tell you it has worked for me. I think it can work for you. So here's what you need to do. Visit slack.com slash Snell to create a new team. You'll get $100 in credit you can use when you decide to upgrade to a paid plan. But before upgrading, you can use Slack's light plan with an unlimited number of users as long as you like for free. So there is no reason not to give it a spin with your team. And you will be impressed. So once you're impressed, you'll get $100 in credit to upgrade. Visit slack.com slash Snell for that. I think you owe it to you and your team, all your colleagues, to check out Slack. And thank you to Slack for becoming a sponsor of The Incomparable. I love it. And I am glad not only that they're a sponsor, but that they're in my life now. Um, It makes this isolated person in their garage feel connected to the world and to the rest of my team all over the world. So the credits, as I said, feel very murder. She wrote. We talked about the space toilet. They they're, uh, they they evade <laughs> the sensors of a robot by going up onto the ceiling because robots don't look up. Come on, not this one. Um, the guards are wearing chainmail. It looks like they got that one at Radio Shack though, so it probably doesn't. Look well, this up. one's head its head does not tilt upwards, so the, it's the kind gar- of the guards are wearing chainmail because they're the Templars and they're like knights, right. and also they look right out of, right out of uh, the Holy Grail. Yeah. These oh guys yeah. Look like. Yeah. 
Either, yeah, exactly right. Um, uh, there's a lady in a tube. What do you do when you see a lady in a tube? You open the tube, peek down her dress. Basic. Uh, that's pirate. She's smoking for some reason. That she uh, is never explained. She is. I, I was actually concerned for the actress because I thought this is not the sort of budget movie that actually thinks how can we do this safely for the oh. actor. They said <laughs> she'll be fine. It'll be <laughs> fine. Just fumes <laughs> or. It was actually, it's just cigarette smoke they put if in If you there. start to choke, just wave or something. It will get you out. Yeah. Uh, so there's sword fights. Gray robots fight other gray robots. Swinging, I, swinging on a rope. I rolled it's my It's a pirate movie. Here. You got to yes. swing on a rope. Swinging on a rope is Star Wars you and cut, pirate. You cut a, an electrical cable and swing. Right? Yeah, it, it, instead of shooting is this command like, oh, don't don't bother with that. Just nope. get down there. And mm-hmm. it's just like that. Are you sure? Just yeah, swing. swing on a rope covers both Star Wars and pirate movies. So it's a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a swashbuckling, <laughs> you know, tradition. That's what they're both going for. This movie commits to it a little bit more. And, you know, the whole the, the gag with the, he gets his toe cut off. Uh, he, you got the Schwarzenegger line. I guess I got you pegged where the guy gets oh. impaled on something. You know, it's a little <laughs> bit of everything. Yeah. I just stole these boots. I love that the alarm that's uh, that he that the guard is reaching for is literally just this box that they put on top of the desk. Like it's not even like glued on or anything. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the pro- again, they didn't. Ma- I don't think they made any props for this movie. I think it was the exception possibly of the robots. Said, it's all rented. Not, not only that, but I, I had to I had to do some I had to do some googling to to remember that. Oh yeah, that the those like blue plastic domed things that are like the computer terminals. I yeah, remember game, those those it? electronic games. Right, it was like yeah. electronic concentration yeah. game. <laughs> they they make a nice joke later where the weapons terminal on the pirate ship is literally an arcade uh, video game. <laughs> and, and yeah, you kids like video games. Yeah. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> that is so bad. I don't know why you said that was a nice joke. <laughs> well, well, I mean, they, so here's what I'm saying is they 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 tried to make it a joke by so saying self self aware. They looks, yeah. it knew it what they like were showing. Space Invaders, so we'll say that, and then we'll we'll have it put up, you know, conflict contest over at the end of it. Yeah, uh, you uh, know what? The, the bar for jokes in 1984 was set a little lower than in these sophisticated times. Uh, yes, you you could just say herpy and call it a joke, and people would accept that. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. Well, but how about yeah. this? How about Ron? How about uh, Ron Perlman pointing into the room, saying, "I think we should go here," and then his hand gets cut off. Yeah. That I would say is something that a movie like this probably wouldn't do. Like, is there like again with the '80s vibe where they're willing to do like a little bit of silly gore? And I, I thought that joke kind of worked. He also tells you what kind of movie it is. It's like, oh, why don't we go down here? He gets his hand cut off, and it's kind of like a cartoon where it's like. It's not a big deal that his hand got cut off. They'll put it back on later, but it surprises you. And I remember thinking that hand getting cut off was edgy when I was a kid. It's like this is, you know, Buck Rogers wouldn't do that. When we you know what the stakes are. And then, and then the callback is, hey, get, grab my hand. Save my hand. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's stick it on later. Now, see, and if they'd just, really been on, they would have pulled a, thrown a pull my finger into that somewhere. But. And, and it looks like it's the fakest looking rubber it's hand like you've ever seen in your entire life. It's, really it's, oh it's like, you know, Spencer Gifts type of thing. By the time episode three came around, you had to chop off like ten hands to really mm-hmm. get anybody to notice. That's right. But this was played for laughs. It's not like we're not supposed to be think it's serious. It is, It is. you know, it is a joke that his hand gets cut off. Quotes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello sure. kind of. So, okay. so they, they, this is about where we see that there are lasers, and it's, this is not just a sword-only spaceship universe. The princess <laughs> says to put me down, because um, he's gone back, <sighs> right? Robert Yurik has gone back and, t- yep, and gotten yep. the princess and stolen her out of her tube, because he yeah. really wants to steal the princess away and look down her dress later. But that actually happens after the uh, the bridge scene. Okay. Um, where... We get the my uh, notes are cle- sporadic here, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't take meticulous notes like I did, uh, but the uh, 
the yeah there's like for some reason there's a a, a box of uh, like a slot for kleenex underneath the the monitor sure. where he's watching some sort of a sports game when they walk in there and they take control of the bridge um, that was and, and that guy is, uh, is a eunuch as well so the, the kleenex is even more hard to understand <laughs> yeah well and then there's the uh, the the chicken drumstick or whatever from the box oh, yeah. from the automat yeah. that, that it all it, it's all good stuff uh, so i just want to make sure we didn't we okay, didn't omit that we can we can go back to her being abducted yes now. you 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 love the african american guy ordering a a piece of space fried chicken from the servo it's you know it's uh, not uh, even terrible. close to the most racist thing in this movie so although he does no. then say you want a lizard's leg or something similar so you know it's not really yeah a fried it's not a, it's leg. not a chicken leg it's a lizard leg. you know spe- right. speaking of the leads here for a second i just want to like one of my notes is that a lot of the people say the lead character's names repeatedly especially the princess yeah. and it immediately occurred to me that jason no offense jason is yes. not a great name for a space hero yeah. <laughs> jason jason my wife said does it bother you when your name is used in movies and i said no not really only movies it like should, this one it should bother you here jason is not a good name Pe- for a space people hero. named jason uh, who were born in the 70s are pretty much don't even hear their own name because again, it's so it's common. You were with the Argonauts. So we're getting you back the to the I was going to say the Argonauts and Jason of Space Com- Snow Star Command. And you, and you, kill, you kill teenagers at a camp yeah. with a hockey mask. Friday the 13th, right? Indeed. That's and true. also the Ice Pirates. But no, but the Ice Pirates does not work. You, no, it's I like agree. The, it is not a macho, roguish kind of name. No, in fact, I think that's part of one of their wacky jokes. One of their wacky little name bits of meta humor. <laughs> yeah. Is that he's, he doesn't have that super uh, like movie hero name. He's just Jason. They gave him the stubble, though. Of course they did. Well, it's Robert Urich for God's sake. What are you going to do? You can't just be shaving him before every shot. Stubble, curls, and a ponytail. I they, mean, come on. They um they go back to their ship and they're and and fly away. Except that uh, from the series of of ships that looked like boxes. And, and this is this is the point where suddenly the other ship powers up and they they play. I'm not really clear on the geography because it makes no sense, but they play a, basically a game of chicken with the other ship, and uh, and use an arcade <laughs> console to fire at them via a game of space invaders essentially but contest yep. over they're boarded um this is where i pointed out that ghostbusters and back to the future made more of a, a special effects effort than this movie did they're boarded and thrown <laughs> in jail i didn't mention earlier by the way that angelica houston while all the men on the crew are dressed perfectly well she's wearing almost nothing and then some armor that's like made out of chicken wire or it's something mad max. <laughs> it's right out of mad max chicken wire yeah. epaulets yeah it's but it's it's there to protect you so it's fine so they're th- they're thrown in in jail with the uh, Oakland Raiders defensive end John Matuzak, <laughs> as why not sloth love chunk yeah <laughs> baby Ruth they're, they're told that they're going to be lobotomized and castrated. I have some opinions on the castration scene. Yeah, so so we're, gonna, we're about to get there. An uh, opening statement. We, we also learned that the um, we also learned the opening and closing, opening and closing, because the chompers are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Her, uh, the princess's. You should have been on this writing staff, Jason. Was was lost looking for the seventh world? That's a legend. Yeah. I, it, I wonder what that seventh world could be. Mm, <sighs> if Battlestar Galactica has not told us anything, or um, like a million other sci-fi movies. So they're put yeah. on a conveyor belt. You see, because this is how you do. Oh, the... you, you you missed the monk joke. That that whole scene. They spent so long uh, in that freaking cage to set up for the one monk joke. Yeah. With you know the guy walks out with the hood on, and I mean yeah, when I was a kid, to be a I found that hilarious. This right. time, meh. I just let it pass by. But it was there. John Matuzak is pretending to be a monk because they don't want to castrate the monks because of God. Right. Yep. Wacky. Sure. Well, it's, it's kind of ironic because if you've taken holy orders, you don't have a whole lot of you know. No need for that anyway it's exactly. surplus exactly in theory 
If any, if, if anything, you're helping the monk out by re- removing temptation <laughs> from him. So, so when, they're, when they're going down the conveyor belt hill here, I'm pretty sure that's the same bottling factory from Laverne and Shirley, first of all. <laughs> I thought it that too. Like, and, and, it's the Schatz Brewery. Yeah, yeah and second of all, the, the, I like that the line workers are discussing things like the people on the conveyor belt aren't even there. I think that gag works. <laughs> With the, with their weed trimmers, wherever they went, they went to Home Depot. Oh, Home Depot didn't exist. They went they went to Ace Hardware. But as Shots Brewery the as the as the bottling line looks, and it does. I mean, it very clearly yeah. is from another movie or or uh, you know yeah, sitcom, it's a as the case may be. From somewhere, yeah. I, I thought this scene was actually a little bit creepy because the factory workers just going about their business and they're shaving and they're injecting and they're looking kind of bored the whole time. I thought it was pretty good. I thought they were trying to be creepy, but. For me, the least realistic thing in the movie, and this is a movie where nothing <laughs> makes any sense, yes, is the idea of straight razor shaves being done on people who are <laughs> moving past belt. you on a yeah. bumpy conveyor With belt. super shaky hands. And what one part of the doing? joke is the shaky hands, exactly. Yeah. This is not supposed to be scary. This is supposed to be funny the whole time. This is played for laughs. They totally flub it by not having the shaky hand guy be the one who shaves his crotch too. Yeah, yeah. well, because they have to do the they, they have to do a homophobic. Right, there's joke the gay joke there's a, there. Where yeah, there's right. a, a gay hairdresser guy who's going to shave his his uh, private parts. Sure. And I was like, oh dear. <laughs> I bet you they had argument yeah. after argument in the writing room about that. That's that's definitely like an opera. The, the, the whole assembly line that could have benefited with a whole lot more automation. And the fact yeah. they're using such uh, – uh, that made me think that these workers must have a really great union. And that pleased me greatly because <laughs> there's so much to, about this dystopia. I like the yeah, conversation yeah. he has with the with the two girls on the assembly line where he's like, oh, can I see you later or whatever. Is it like, oh, well, you won't be much use to us after you go through the chomper. And I was like, you know, they're the Laverne and Shirley of that assembly line. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while a guy goes by and they'll put a rubber glove on him. I know. And they wave him, wave goodbye. Yeah, exactly. That was, that's, that's the gag they should have done. Put the glove right over his crotch and have him go around. <laughs> Yeah. I know. We all should have been on this writing staff. Hey, hey, let's say let's say this about the chompers. Somebody built that chomper for this movie. It was one of the few things actually built for this movie. <laughs> it's on his sizzle reel. Uh, I think a House of the Future approach would have made this more fun for me. You'd lose the Laverne and Shirley, but you could have all sorts of cool clockwork effects and automatic extending hands and buckyballs, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Okay. More fun. <laughs> I, the chomper, um, I, I, again, I would say, first off, castration... Um, doesn't necessarily actually mean the chomping off of I find this I find the sense of humor in this movie very strange it is broad there's a chomper it looks like like a like teeth it's going to bite off your mm-hmm. private parts it's like a cartoon. It is. It's like a cartoon. It's it like a is. Warner Brothers. Same. Same thing with the hand getting cut off. Like you're, it's, there's an anvil. There's a big hammer. There's, there's an a chomper. Yeah. Like it's that's the level that's of the humor in this movie. Like his testicles are moving towards like a, a giant like painted hole in this in the in the cliff wall and it's going to smash against it instead of going through it that's a very good observation by the way if they cut if they cut off some or all of your of of the male uh, genitals your voice doesn't just like go up that is also from a cartoon um, it does in yes, the 80s yes. no exactly everything in this is in the is in the magical reality of 80s movies well established that like all these things are like if you're watching this as a kid in the 80s, you're like, well, of course that of course. happens. Because in every other piece of media that's I've seen, when anyone gets kicked in the nuts or gets their nuts chopped off, their voice immediately goes mm-hmm. like that. Everyone knows that's true. So, like, that's not even, you know. So our, our characters are saved from the chomper by <laughs> by uh, the princess, although not before they go through the horrific moment of thinking they're about to be chomped, because that's good uh, laughing. Because she, she has a sense of humor. Yeah, she does. She does. Mary, 
what Mary Crosby. Um, they, they're then taken to the slave market where they are auctioned off. I actually laughed at a few things in, in this scene. That's because this is the scene that's ex- right out of History of the, world, the world, Part One. Yeah. 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 Uh, they, I, I enjoy that they have the white wigs and the fake white eyebrows and the fake white facial hair. <laughs> I, th- I find that amusing and bizarre. The thirteen-year-old uh, went, "Hey, it's TV's Frank." <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I laughed out loud at the joke, which was, "I like the black one. He'll go well with the new wallpaper." I thought yeah. that was a really Doesn't funny Don't they have joke. the N-word in the scene as well? <laughs> no, that doesn't no, come till later. See, it's later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. El- Elton John utters that. I'm not convinced that joke is racist. No, no, it's not. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, like, it's like knowing, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a very knowing. That's why I laughed at it. Now, now do, you, do you think that she's going for like sort of a matchy-matchy sort of effect or contrasty sort of effect? I think matchy. I think she's yeah. got some like dark mahogany furniture. and. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Um, now, so Real Genius is from 1985, and I mentioned that only because it has this strange thing where it keeps mentioning penises all the time. And and, and <laughs> it, was this the mid 80s? Because here I'm like, there are a lot of really weird, uncomfortable penis related jokes in this movie. Why? I don't know why. I guess it was just big. Penis jokes were big in the mid 80s. They're hilarious. Because they're hilarious. Thank you, Monty. Thank you. <laughs> don't, don't forget dance sequences, which they managed to work into this movie, too, because it is the 80s. There's yes, no crazy montage, 80s but... masquerade dance yeah, party, no, which no seems montage, an odd but, way to, memor- yeah. to memorialize dead royalty to me, but that's, that's, that's just how, how it was done in space. <laughs> in space, that's right. Um, so, so space Venice. Shortly after this, we get some, <laughs> we get some um, back and forth dialogue between Robert Urich and Mary Crosby, and this is the moment where I went, Oh my God! This is supposed to be Han Solo and Princess Leia having uh, snappy yeah. dialogue. That's what they're trying to do here. It doesn't. It, it no. no. They're very far from that. They're I mean, up, what they're really no. hoping for is the same kind of dialogue you'd see in be- between Spencer and the woman in the particular episode. <laughs> Some light level flirting, yeah. the acknowledgement that he's the macho guy, but maybe she has the upper hand briefly. But and then he's she the roguish space captain, and she's the princess, and they're having this, ro- you know, uh, romantic yeah, tension but, back and forth. I'm like, oh, this is what they think they're doing oh but it's, t- it's, but it's no. tv level like it's it's like no. in, the, in a tv episode you don't expect it to be this sparkling it's not the difference it's the difference between having a male and a female lead of a long-running series or having a male lead who meets a different female every episode mm. and has one scene where they flirt so you're saying mary Co- crosby is a guest star in the yeah Ice exactly you will not series. she will not be on the next episode it'll be as if she didn't exist right. is That's there any right. chance that this started out as a pilot and then just <laughs> accidentally got extended out it didn't look that good those prop rentals are expensive <laughs> the budget just expanded until they said we spent nine million dollars on this we got to put it in theaters <laughs> no see, I, I think i think i cracked the solution of what this is like was there like a, a really lucrative book series called ice pirates and did the studio option that book series and they realized that oh my god we're going to lose the rights if we don't release some kind of film in the next three weeks because uh, that's what this movie looked like it looked like the, that fantastic four movie the roger that, corman yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah the one million dollar roger corman movie yeah. Well, Roger Corman even does space stuff better than this. If you look at uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, um, bef- which many years before this. I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. He'll g- if you if you hire him, he will give you change from your ten million dollar bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a fight. There's a there's a chase involving a scooter. And uh, all the while, music from the A-Team is playing. That's yes. what my notes say. Yeah, the music in this film, some of it sounds like it's being performed by a SID chip. Yes. 
And the rest of it sounds suspiciously similar to the uh, Star Trek, the motion picture theme. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, no, not, nothing motion picture came from this. I, I really, I, I, I seriously had flashbacks to like every 80s action TV yeah. show oh, yeah, yeah. with all, all this library music and all, not only that, but all these like musical stings they would put in there, not for ironic effect, but to say, ooh, we've got, we've got this sort of orchestral sort of arpeggio and then, then timpani slam, let's use it here. Mm-hmm. And this is the first example of something that I think takes up roughly 15 minutes of the runtime, and that is people being dragged behind modes of transportation. <laughs> That was a stunt that they could do in the 80s. They loved that stunt in the 80s. They had just discovered how to drag people behind things. Guy gets dragged behind a horse. Guy gets dragged behind a motorcycle. They also love to crash vehicles through people who have a bunch of tables set up. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's the fruit cart, the classic fruit cart. Oh, no, not even the fruit cart. The fruit cart is too expensive. you got to buy all that fruit. This is just like, can we get some plastic lawn furniture and put it on a soundstage? Blow budget fruit card is and, and, no how, fruit. And, and how about the we're get, we're going to breach your hull, but let's cut this geometrically shaped hole yeah. for yeah, us to yeah. leap through. That's, that's some quality. That's like high school production quality there. Exactly. Like we, we need to show where they've breached the hull. Let's get let's put in the wall panel with the, with the puzzle shaped hole in it. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing in this city is is we realize that they ran out of uh, medieval Templar costumes at yes. some point. So they've uh-huh. got like you know Aladdin's walking by and a turban. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they found like one gigantic prop warehouse and costume exactly. warehouse, and they just said we're going to okay. use whatever's in here. It doesn't matter if it makes any sense. Well, it was MGM in the '80s, and they just didn't care about anything. So they were just taking all the stuff from the. 50s, 60s, whatever, whatever they had lying yeah. around. All, all the sword and sandal epics, all the Space. Robin Hood movies, all the Egypt, ancient Egypt movies. The kids just... eat the stuff up, man. Come yeah. on, they don't. Basically, care. like anything that Bob Hope and Bing Crosby once wore in a road movie shows up in this <laughs> somewhere. It was like, guys, my dad's boss is gonna leave him in charge of the prop house all week. We can have, we can get anything we want for that week. <laughs> Quick, write a script that will use gladiators and robots and like big ass, big ass cars with big wheels on them and frog masks. <laughs> Tony, uh, our friend Tony Sindelar is in our chat room, and he says it reminds me when I would be building a Lego castle and I'd run out of the castle, guys. So I just start putting pirates on the battlements. Right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Tony. That is exactly it. The scooter chase I also like because it's like, oh, he's coming on a scooter. Oh, he crashed the scooter. We will ride the scooter now. And boom, 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 boom. Yeah, they got like three people on that scooter. At oh, some yeah. Point. Yeah, yeah, at least three people on that scooter. Uh, well, Matusak's like three people by himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this is where we get what I would say is the most com- most horribly racist thing in the entire movie. <laughs> by a nose over something that happens later, which is <laughs> the black robot, the pimp bot, the pimp bot, the pimp bot. Well, <laughs> yeah. come on, you know they're mining airplane jive talk territory. Well, yeah, that that was like a staple of seventies and eighties. Like there had to be a yes. jive talk. In the mistake here is that it's not very person. funny. Otherwise, no, it, it would be okay. It I is pointless. It is like no, it is just it, entirely the, the, terrible. It's just the the joke is, hey, it's a black robot. And hey, talks like remember a black, black people? Aren't they funny? Because uh, he's a pimp, you know. Because yeah, he's a pimp, and uh, yeah. <laughs> like all black people, <laughs> <laughs> the black jive talking pimp robot. Although it does allow there to be a whole screen in the credit sequence that says pimp robot by oh, and then there's a list God. of names. <laughs> now, now, to be fair, I would like to say that we've gone past this, but the Transformers movies also, fig- yeah. also yep. feature yep. a black um, robot. So At least it stands out now. It used to be it was in every it was in every television show had an episode or, or a, a main character that was like a recurring role type of thing. Every movie had one. It was just you had to do it. And this movie is actually kind of progressive in the the whoever it is the the black uh secondary character who, you know the guy who repairs the robots 
is not a stereotype, which is like miraculous for the, yeah. for no, the era true. this movie was made. Oh in. yeah, yeah. The sidekick, uh, what Roscoe, is an actual person. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, and Angelica he's, he's Houston character. is somewhat uh, somewhat forward thinking as well. In that she, yes. kind of, I agree. She, she as a wo- as a woman yeah. who is not a princess or a maid, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I think I think the I think the reason though is that I, they, I bet they wrote this role for Gregory Hines. They could not afford Gregory <laughs> Hines. <laughs> he would have wanted to be in the dance number, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That was a no-go. <laughs> it's a shame they couldn't afford Gregory Hines. They set their movie in the one year when Gregory Hines uh, was unaffordable. <laughs> Ice Castles, was that? White Knights. White Knights, sorry. Yeah. They take off uh, and go up uh, through the clouds, and then when they reach the top of the clouds, they're in space. I don't know how that works. That was pretty great. Uh, and the princess lays down the law with her gun. She says, you're going to take me... You know, where you're going to listen to me or I'm going to shoot things or whatever it is. And they're like, oh, all right, princess, we'll, we'll go wherever you say. She and eats. Robert York eats an apple. But he does eat an apple. Very <laughs> you know, it takes, it, takes, uh, it takes water to grow those apples. Huh? I don't know. I think, I mean, this scene, like, he's got an apple. That's, that's what they've got to work with. You're going to be standing on one side of the console yep. with your maid person. I'm going to be over here eating an apple. Yep. He works the apple. He does. Yeah, he does. He's, he's Yurik. Yeah, yeah, he's perfect, perfectly fine. Oh well, yeah, and the worst part is he's got he's got his leg up on the console the whole time with his tights showing, which is just ridiculous. Like his white stretch pants that he's still wearing. He's trying to look all cool. I'm eating an apple and everything. I'm wearing stretchy white tights. <laughs> why not? I feel like that could have been the tagline of this whole film. Why the <laughs> why hell? Why not? not? Time for a break. You know, watching a bad movie, you could say it's a waste of time. You could say it's a waste of money. You know what is not going to waste your money, but it's going to grow your money? It's our sponsor, Wealthfront, the automated investment service. It makes it easy to invest your money the right way. Watching a bad movie, by the way, may be a bad decision. Using Wealthfront, good decision. Wealthfront software manages your money using investment strategies previously only available to the wealthiest investors for just one quarter of the cost of using a traditional advisor. Wealthfront monitors your account 24-7. It automatically rebalances your portfolio. It reinvests dividends and works to maximize your after-tax returns. Wealthfront is also overseen by a team of investment experts. These are the same experts who launched the Index Fund Revolution. They've written some of the most important books in finance. And in case you're still not convinced, listen to this. Wealthfront manages more than two billion dollars in client assets and has saved millions of dollars on taxes for its clients. So with Wealthfront watching over your investments every day, what will you do with all your extra time? Visit Wealthfront.com slash Snell to get your first $10,000 managed for free. Wealthfront Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves risks, and there is the possibility of losing money. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read their full disclosure. Boy, I love reading disclaimers. But the disclaimer time is over. Back to the Ice Pirates. Cut to the headquarters of the Templars, where the Templar guy who I don't even know what his name is. Big uh, shoulder pads guy. Yeah, he, he visits with the Supreme Zon. Commander of, uh, of the Templars. Okay. And, and we get a cityscape that's just straight out of Logan's run in the, in the opening of this scene, which is kind of crazy in 1984. And they do, they do this thing where they, where they waste time with him going through the metal detector. Like, that wasn't a joke scene. There's no gag there, but they waste scream time out. There's a lot of dead space in this movie where yeah. nothing is happening. There's, they're not even, it's not even a joke that they set up and failed. There's just nothing there. Like, they well, decided, this whole scene serves no purpose. 
No, it, well, it serves a purpose, which which is an important purpose of movies from the eighties. To get is, a Carradine in it. it, there is a John Carradine cameo. Now, I want to I want to give people some perspective here. John Carradine appears in this movie. He's sort of in a greenhouse, laying on a bed. Um, yeah, kind of tilted. And he mumbles about various things that don't make any sense. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dream job. Well, he establishes that the bad this is part of the bad guy's plan all along, yeah. which is totally a, you know, the the sure. a movie trope of especially in the 80s or anything, you know, when the bad guys meet, it's like is it going the way we planned? Yes, it totally is. <laughs> so We're let super me, evil. Let me give High you some perspective. John Carradine is the patron saint of bad movies. I have seen him mm-hmm. in probably at least 10 movies, all of which are atrociously terrible and by this point in his career this is the last maybe five years i think he died about four or five years after this i think it had about four years before this yeah Yeah. uh they they want me to give up my body so so he in this period in his career do it dude it's not working for you anymore appear in low budget sci-fi movies in the scene where he appears in one scene and mumbles and is prominently featured in the credits even though he's only in the movie for about two minutes um, and this is one. Of, this is one of those. This is a couple of years after he featured in my favorite bad movie of all time, which is Frankenstein, Frankenstein Island, Island, where he appears <laughs> dubbed into uh, the air in a, against a green screen for one scene and mumbles, and you don't understand what the heck he's talking about. He's slightly more coherent here, which I will chalk up to the production values of the Ice Pirates versus Frankenstein Island. But you know it's going to be a great <laughs> movie when John Carradine is in it, and here he is. So that's why he's here. He's here to like give his blessing and say yes. <laughs> Yeah. This is a bad sci-fi this movie. Is a bad he's like, he's like, he's, you're saying you're saying like he's like st- sourdough starter for bad sci-fi movies. Yeah, he's I mean, got... I, I was going to say he's like the Pope of bad sci-fi movies, but yes, I will I will, I will defend defend John Carradine though because he he I, I read an interview with him where he's talking about how he he managed to have this career as an actor. Where he was always working. He was. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. And it, wasn't mm-hmm. and it wasn't because he like had no standards whatsoever. It's because he believed that it's my job to every every single role I have is an opportunity to act and to do and to do this job. Job that I love doing and to learn as an actor. And man, and he I, did work. And it, okay, he he did, he did do that. <laughs> Quantity over quality, definitely. Yep. And also, also, this should, there should be a film festival, or at least like a there should be a, a like a Oscars film montage of these scenes of. How do you when you have an actor you really really want to hire but he's really really old and sick mm-hmm. you have to figure out a way well what if we were to have him in a bed and a mechanical bed that can <laughs> rotate so we stand him up like I, I I did think of like Jason Robards and Magnolia where they where the Altman wanted uh, Jason Robards so badly that he's we will write your role as a dying man who is in a hospital bed we know you need oxygen we will actually have a, a working oxygen tank next to the bed and an actual nurse who will give you oxygen as needed if you if you really want to have one more great role in you and he said okay you, you seem to have made it easy for me I, I i can't play a dying man of emphysema who's hooked up to an oxygen oxygen tank i can and, do that and so for the last 10 years of john carradine's life he was also given the chance for that role of a lifetime uh, unfortunately i think neither neither the star slammer or the ice pirates or frankenstein island really fit the bill i'm sorry your role in frankenstein island jason was so much better than his uh yes i i was uh there's a guy named jason in that movie too for a good example of an old actor not being used well i highly recommend the batman 1966 episode that has Tallulah bankhead near the end of her life she was not up for the action scenes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you get you get that a lot with the the stunt double that 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 drops in. Um, 
But with Carradine, I mean, this it, it, the guy, I mean, he, he seriously, all of the roles in this era, he was either on a bed or like dubbed in like through a, a green screen as a floating transparent head. <laughs> Those are the only choices. And yet they cast him and he, you know, he goes back, he was in The Unearthly which uh which a lot of people have seen because that was a mystery science theater movie he 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 worked a lot anyway i this is the segment where i say hey john carradine is in this movie i've seen way too many john carradine <laughs> movies over the years because i've taken him as a like that is the checkbox of like is this going to be a bad movie oh john carradine's in it yes his incoherent mumbling has some gravitas too I have <laughs> oh to it say. does yeah. this is yeah. why they cast yeah. him yeah yeah, he looks like he's the supreme commander. He's at the end of his life, but he knows everything, and he knows where the bodies are buried, and you know all that, the secrets. That was, and, yeah. that, was that was definitely the once the one of maybe two scenes in this movie where I thought, okay, maybe I should stick with this. They might they they've got some <laughs> ambition here because this is a scene that actually kind of works. It has no apparent relation to the rest of the film, but no. which is why it works. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that seems you know, no guys, dummy. You should have done more of that scenes that had nothing to do with the rest of the film. That scene took a look at the rest of the movie and said, you guys do whatever you want. I'll be over here. Arguably, every scene in this movie, except for two, had nothing to do with this movie. Right? Like, the overall plot is ice pirates, princess, Earth. Everything else in the movie, spa- space well, spoilers. Herpes, spoiler Willis. horn. John has ruined the movie. Space spoiler herpes, horn Bruce Valanche, robots. Like everything else in the movie, uh, the, the metal detector scene does not have anything to do with this movie. Tiny donkeys and tiny deer. <laughs> it's it's, it's no. like they had ideas for some gags and they're going to find a way to build a movie around them. Yeah. I, I just wrote down, this movie has tone issues about two thirds <laughs> of the way through. Well, the tone overall is, we don't really care. No. I think, is that a tone? <laughs> Why the hell not? Yeah, sure. So they're going to the pirate moon now. And yeah. uh, this is where we discovered that there's an alien bug that looks like a kind of like a pig bug. Yeah, that is, so, that I is think they her- made that for herpy. the show, too. Somebody in yeah. the creature shop molded some latex and covered it with slime in the grand tradition of the 80s. Because in 1984, we thought that calling something uh, uh, space herpes would be uh, really, really uh, funny. And, and the 1980s, painted painted latex covered with slime was was it, like Every movie had to have something like that. But they that. even shank this joke. All you got to do is have more than one. Have I an know. egg that has two yeah. things emerge from it. And then you can actually say herpes instead of herpy. A herpy. Which which sounds like there's going to be like a Hervé Villachez cameo at some <laughs> point. But no. I was, thinking, I was thinking herpy the love bug. Yeah. And it doesn't seem <laughs> to have anything to do with herpes in any way. No. Nope. No. Nope. It's, it's just the word. Nope. It's just... Here's our alien ripoff while we say the word herpy occasionally. We said herpy. When it bursts out of the turkey later, it makes them go, ooh, it's herpes. Now, I remember at the schoolyard, I remember kids talking about the space herpes and how hilarious that was. Uh, they go to the pirate moon and there's a scene where there's a, a guy doing giving people shoe shines and saying that he's running out of spit for the shoe yeah. shines because there's just it's not tough. enough water, man, to which I, I wrote in my notes this water concept still does not make any sense. Yeah, there's a <laughs> scene where they take over a, sh- a spaceship full of water. That's a spaceship full of water is not going to supply even a tiny city with water, let alone part of a galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, I was waiting for the shot of them actually transferring those blocks of water from the big ship into the tiny, tiny little fly sized ship that yeah. was parked. On top of it, I had I had trouble following a lot of this. Yeah, they movie only blew off. that little hole 
it doesn't need to be inside the ship. They could uh, just tie it to a net and leave it outside in space. Yeah, they don't spend it. That, to its credit, they don't spend any time trying to explain <laughs> anything about the ice or the pirating of the ice or the water. They don't spend a lot of time showing how bad the water shortages in the galaxy is. Like, it's there kind of yeah. in the background, but we forget about it pretty much immediately and yeah. are now just concerned about <laughs> princess, space hero, pirates, whatever. That's to its credit, huh? Yeah, I mean, because like if you if you dwell if you tried to build a movie around that premise, it's too dumb. Like it won't work. You can't accuse this movie of overthinking anything. Yeah, they can't explain it, so they're wise not to try. Yeah, well, they can't explain it, so that's why they put it in the title. <laughs> <laughs> they just want you to know that's that's it's called hang a lantern on it, right? It's, <laughs> it's hiding in plain sight. Yeah. No, but also, ice is a terrible way to transfer water from one place yeah, no, to another. You, you gotta, you, well, it stays frozen in space easily. In theory. I love how they walk, through, they walk through these giant rooms filled with blocks of ice, but nobody's cold. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, that I was mean, weird. It, 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 if you're going to transfer it through space, that's one thing. But if you're just going to like put it into a warehouse that you have climate controlled, like, that also doesn't make any sense. Well, and it also takes up more space in the frozen form. That's yes. true. So, you, yeah, it's uh, dumb. But the water this movie's dumb. I've, I've come to the conclusion <laughs> this movie is movie. kind of dumb. And that's rocket surgery. Thanks. Next week. Well, so we have we, in the in the bar scene we have the poltergeist lady though. Yes. This yes. pirate Dan is clean. That's what she came from. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's not. It's not the poltergeist lady. It's uh, oh, what's her name? Is she in Total Recall? I think it's Willow. Is it the lady from Ice Pirates? <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> I do have some good news, though. Uh, there is a Poltergeist connection in that the cinematographer uh, was from Poltergeist. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that is such good news. <laughs> yeah. And then he then he goes on later in life to do uh, two Star Trek movies. So Good for him. The good director for, of this yeah. movie went on to make Mac and Me. <laughs> oh, that one's on the list. It's got to be on the list. He latex expertise and parlayed <laughs> that into Mac and Me. We've reached the point in the movie where um, the second, I would I would argue, most racist thing happens. <laughs> which is which is that a certain word I like is, this feature. A certain word is used that is yes. not supposed to be used in polite company. Road warrior Elton John arrives. Yeah, he does. He's got the metal ski goggle frames. He looks a little like Bono from the U2. <laughs> he, he's a horrible racist. Is this in his fly persona you're talking about? Yes. He, he's got the crazy, crazy gold metal ski goggle frames with nothing in them. And he's a racist and he says a terrible thing and then says, I mean, the black gentleman. Oh, it's because he is talking to a black guy. Zing. Take that political correctness. So again, this is this is mining the uh, the blazing saddles territory. Only again, they failed to actually make a joke, which is a little yeah, bit it, of a problem. It's just kind of like you forget in the eighties that they would routinely have people say things like this, not as a statement on them at all. Or like it's it's an unintentional statement on the state of the race relations in the eighties. Like that it was okay just to say that it showed that it's a little bit urban and gritty, but we're not saying he's a bad guy or anything for saying this. You <laughs> it's know, not it's like just the like pimp it's earlier. what you say, right? Yeah, no, it's whatever. Well, it's but like, did, didn't the other guy correct? Basically, he, he corrected himself and said, "I mean, the black gentleman." Yes, that's right. After this other person sort of shot him a take glance. That, take that political correctness. Yeah. I, as as though like as though that was like a fifth script revision. This oh look, we really can't have him say that. <laughs> but well, we okay. can't. Let's have him Guys, say that. But it's okay because then there's a fight and Angelica Houston cuts his head off. Good point. Yes. So he gets yeah. what's coming to him. Yeah, and and remind me again why Angelica Houston is not the the female lead in this movie. Remind me again because every time I see her, like in that scene where they have the three of them sitting at the table talking, and all Angelica Houston does is, is act with her eyes. I am so much more interested in her than yeah. I am in the princess lady. Ditto. Ditto. It's not even funny. Why? Because she's not a TV actress. And not a, not a uh, princess. The plum rolls go to the TV people in this film. Yeah. 
Is she, is she coming off Captain EO here, or is she about to do Captain EO? I think about to do. Yeah. There you go. So, she, so I bet that a lot of her prep for that movie, working for Francis Ford Coppola, that's what she that, that's what she put into her Ice Pirates. I think. Wow, she was really this young when she did Captain EO. That's that's some good makeup. This is just that. after she did This Is Spinal Tap too. I think. Yep, that's about right. Um, yeah. I, I must say, before I watched this this movie, the thought of scantily clad Angelica Houston was not high on my list of things that I wanted to witness. But uh, And now? Now I'm okay with it. What a fool you were. All right. Well, good news. Space pirates, space parrots have turkey bodies and space are puppets. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. They, they do have parrots, but they have the bodies of plucked oh, turkeys. They, yeah, they're just, they're just plucked parrots. Yeah. yeah, it's well, weird. Uh, I also love that they did the whole talking parrot gag, but they didn't bother waiting for like a cut where the uh, the parrot actually had its mouth open at any point. So <laughs> it's it's talking with a completely closed mouth <laughs> in every scene you see the parrot talk. Was I the only one who was looking really closely at those puppets? Because again, we get again getting back to that the the poor actress who was in that smoky tube. This is the sort of movie that would just sort of let's just pull the feathers off of a off of a parrot because that'll be lo- much less expensive than making a puppet. Yeah. I think it was that way when they found it in the back of the prop closet. <laughs> That's right. It, it, it died on the second day of shooting for because of bad treatment, and then they had to build a puppet to save it. Uh, okay, now we're, 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 we're headed out into an exciting location scene for one of the most exciting yeah. parts of yeah, this movie. A location that's near L.A., but it's still. The <laughs> it's the desert. It's the desert. Just uh, outside of Isaac's. So, so the winner, now the, 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 the conveyance that's being driven, driven by the lizard lady, oh. or the frog lady, is the winner... Of the make an X-wing out of cardboard contest, <laughs> <laughs> but they have solar panels on it, which is kind of that oh, kind of clever. And, and think of the, all. Speaking of things from movies that they just throw in there, they're like people like Caddyshack, right? Oh, I mean, God. I'm assuming this was after Caddyshack. <laughs> why else? Why else would it have like? It's, it's just like just you know anything was fair game. People like the Caddyshack movie that has those funny things with the Gophers. Put them in. Just don't don't argue. Space part. No, just don't argue. Yeah, put them in. Little pop, popping up little uh, little put them uh, in. prairie dogs or whatever. Popping. And up. apparently it was enough to show up on the poster because f- f- prominently displayed at the bottom center of the poster is one of those little things. Even though they had no actual part to play in the film. Yeah, the Space Gophers are central to this movie. Well, it's it's also one of those uh, strange things where you can see that they just dug up a bunch of dirt. Yeah, and no, they, they didn't had even a bunch bother blending it in. No, it just yeah. looks like, yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah, and then they, uh, it's like, of all the things that they could have spent money on in this movie, um, digging a hole and putting people underneath <laughs> it to have, uh, to operate little hand puppets of hole, identical... Hole was probably uh, already there, like everything else in the movie. <laughs> Some other movie had dug the hole, and they just jumped yeah. into it in a rental hole. Do you get the impression, the impression there's actually a hand in those puppets? Because it looks to me like a stick with yeah, a it puppet could be a stick. on it. They could yeah. have hired the special effects genius behind Caddyshack. No, it would have looked better. Yeah, the yeah. gopher is awesome in Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. So these vehicles that they made up, like it's the previous scene when they go into the pirate moon as well, I thought of the same thing when they arri- they're arriving at the bar at the pirate moon. They had some kind of conveyance that looked like it was probably used to, to carry like tourists around on like the MGM studio tour. Yeah, It does say just, limo on it. And they just put a bunch <laughs> of like sci-fi crap on it. And yeah, I remember exactly. thinking... Geez, that's a lot of money to spend for a scene that this thing's going to be in for two seconds. Given the budget, I didn't know the budget was as high as it was, but I'm like, someone had to stick a bunch of sci-fi crap to that thing and spray paint it with a can of Krylon, and it's only in the movie for for two seconds. So at least the desert one, they spend a long time, a long time. showing it move around, and later there's the the big one with the big wheels running around, yeah, and the paper so, mache skull yeah, on the front. It's all made out of plywood, <laughs> poor, poorly spray painted, but at least it, like they get their money's worth out of it. Well, somebody got college credit for doing that. 
Yeah, there's a tractor with with a paper mache skull and some boards on it. <laughs> and then there's a golf cart skull. with the cardboard X-wing on it, and they fight. Sort of. I mean, someone clearly <laughs> saw Mad Max and went, "Ooh, ooh, ooh! Let's yeah. add this." It's a gritty future world. They, they have baby. They have baby animals. You got baby donkeys. Yep. Someone had to buy a wrist rocket. So there's an old man out in the desert. He that was that aged frog by, costume probably was, set him back like 20 bucks. He was aged by a time warp, the old man in the desert. And he tells a, a story of the legend of the seventh world. But he can't go very far to this wonderful place where there's water because there's another ship coming across the desert with a paper mache skull on the front. Uh, there's a lot of very securely fastened because and let, let can, can we point out exactly why because one of one of one of Robert Yurick's friends upon greeting him in this pirate lounge say hey did you know there's this enormous bounty on your head yeah <laughs> so the bounty hunters come to get him uh, they blow up the cardboard X-wing they run over a robot. <laughs> Uh, they, they blow are up very, the poor frag lady, frog lady. They, they blow not, up the poor frog lady in the cardboard X-wing. They are very economical with their laser use, um, but uh, so then we have we have a, a chase that occurs. He's um, dragging behind the big thing. There, yes. There's two guys dragging behind their little thing, and the one guy is run over horribly, and the guy who's who's captaining the the skull uh, ship kind of looks behind. Actually, a little bit sad that he's run over one of his buddies. Robert Urich does while well, takes advantage of this distraction to let go of the chain from behind his vehicle. Uh, positioned in a perfect way where he can go back underneath the other vehicle but not be run over, then grab a hold of the wheel and use the spinning force of the wheel to fling his body up on to the platform of the skull tractor, uh, surprising everybody on the skull tractor so he can just like bump them off by just pushing them a little with his elbow, and they all fall off into the desert except for the one guy. Um, and then uh, everybody dies on that on that craft, on the skull yes. craft. Mad Max, it is not. No. This is a pulsating fight scene. What are you talking about, Robert Urich? He's got pulsating. one step ahead of I, I kind of think of like a cat skills comedian who goes up and says, these are the jokes, folks. I feel like yeah. the whole time this is going on, someone's saying, this is the action scene, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where literally he just gets behind a bunch of people and kind of bumps into them and they fall off going, ah. I don't think yeah. there was even a Wilhelm. Like, no, there's I felt no like Wilhelm. You needed, you needed a Wilhelm this was there. The time couldn't, for you it. couldn't afford a Wilhelm. They weren't even going that fast, so we're just supposed to assume that they're no, they may have survived. They, they fall, fall off and immediately walk over to the craft services table. That's yeah, what they, they may have survived. Uh, only the one guy who's left who right. Blows they drive up. into mm-hmm. some barrels of some kind, and we discover that paper mache is incredibly explosive. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is the eighties. Every vehicle exploded Explosive. if it touched yeah. anything. Chips yeah. taught us. But that. it might add a pinto underneath. It's hard to say. They, they well, didn't have water to make the paper mache, so they used nitroglycerin. Mm. Yep. Good. Good point. Let me take a little bit of a break from the bad movie to tell you about a great service. It's MailRoute. You've heard me talk about that before. Basically, MailRoute is a cloud email filtering service. So you don't have to install any software on your computer or your mail server at all. It lives in the cloud. It takes in all the mail. You change the MX records for your domain so that they're going directly to MailRoute. MailRoute takes in all your mail. It uses its intelligent cloud-based filtering system to kick out all spam, viruses, and bounced email and put them in a little holding bin. And then only the Good mail goes to your mail server. I used to run a mail server on my home network, which meant that every connection of spam and viruses and everything like that that was trying to be sent to me by spammers would 
go over my connection and it would slow down my internet connection. Uh, the beauty of something like MailRoute is that that, that that junk never gets to your server. It stays on MailRoute's server. If something good does get filtered as spam, which happens occasionally, although I have to say it's very rare, you get a little spam digest that says, here's the stuff we filtered out today. It shows you that MailRoute is working. But also, if you see something good, with one click, you can have it delivered and have the person who sent it whitelisted so they will never have their email blocked again. It works great. I've been using it for, I got to say, at least a year and a half now, and I'm really happy with it. So you should check it out. The good news is there's a risk-free trial. You don't need a credit card. You sign up, you point your MX records at MailRoute, and your mailbox and hardware are completely protected. And if you're a listener of The Incomparable, and I suspect you are because you are listening to The Incomparable right now, you get 10% off for the lifetime of your account at MailRoute by going to MailRoute.net slash Incomparable right now. If you're an email administrator or IT professional, they've got all the buzzwords. They've got an API for account management. There's LDAP, Active Directory, TLS, mailbagging. God, that mailbagging is the best. Outbound Relay and a whole lot more. You should check it out. I've been using it. It filters my spam out before it even gets to my mail server. Thank you to MailRoute for sponsoring The Incomparable and keeping my inbox free and clear of spam. All right, back to the Ice Pirates. This really just doesn't make any sense at all with the editing, the directing. I don't know what they were thinking, but... The other car, which had been running perfectly fine, had somehow turned over and the guy was dead um, or dying, I should say. Uh, but they, the whole entire time, we'd just been following Jason on top of the craft and yep. uh, on top of the, the thing. So I, what what happened to them? They were fine like five seconds ago. I think we knew that he, he got lost or something. But yeah, yeah you're right. He, there's an explosion and he falls over he goes, and ah! we carry him to the car. Yeah. So I think he's messed up before they even get into the yeah. car. Right. That's it. And he dies, okay. and it's sad. Is it sad? It's the the cut rate Kirk Douglas sad. is dead. It's, so they go back to the ship. <laughs> and uh, while on the ship, Robert Urich reads a space travel magazine, I kid you not, and has a product placement for Club Red, which is the Club Med of space. Again, a joke with no actual joke content. Nope. It's like Club Med, except it's in space. And it's Have you ever Club been to Club Red? Red? Nope. I mean, <laughs> yep, I've been there. Woo! Was it good? It's not as good as you would think it is. No, it wasn't as good as in the ads. No. Do the people in the movie know what Club Med is? It's unclear. Because the screenwriter did. They haven't been to Earth. No. The amazing it... thing is they both mug like the joke is hilarious and oh. no joke has been made. No. It's yeah. like, well, it's, but it's like Club Med except in space and it has a different name. That's I hilarious. remember a lot of Club Med jokes in the 80s too. Don't you remember? Like that was, th- that sure. was a common, common fodder for it's jokes, trope. but again, they didn't, they decided not to make one here. No. You, you have to mug harder <laughs> when there's no joke. If there's a joke, you can just let it win. If there's no joke, you got to sweat it. There are four <laughs> lines and no joke is to be found amongst them. It's amazing. Here we learn that the water planet, the seventh planet, has rain. And clouds, which everybody seems to know what they are, even though though they don't have them. Well, no, they took off and they went through the clouds. All the clouds here are like acid rain clouds. If if you want a movie from the 80s, is it a movie from the 80s that involves people being incredulous about sources of water? Why don't you just go watch Dune? It is from the 80s. Um... Let's see. Uh, they 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 cook a turkey, but it's been infested by a space herpy. Oh no! And Ron Perlman it's, cooks it. He's the, in the kitchen slaving away. Yep. 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 John Matuzak's working on it, and then and and then the space herpy, when it emerges, is dragged across a table on a visible string. Oh and yeah. Then 
goes away. No attempt is made. No attempt at all to disguise the string. An old lady spits out her food. Uh, it's another true. Another statement. Another checkbox for eighties movie is <laughs> checked. <laughs> yep. She might as well have said check, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Now we're at the really at the core of the movie, which is mm. Bruce Valanche. They 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 visit Bruce <laughs> Valanche and a his soundstage with smoke on collection it. of near naked women and an owl. <laughs> More check boxes in the eighty movies checklist. Yeah. You got a bunch of scantily clad women, and they, an they have unicorns for crying out loud. Not not just that. For another early eighties phenomenon, the the emergence of female bodybuilders. Which yeah. means that they're just simply yep, yep. athletic and fit as opposed to, like, very muscly. But Yes, American Gladiators was just around the corner. Yeah. So. They, they might be the gorgeous ladies of wrestling or <laughs> glow. <laughs> oh. The future zap, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I have to say the tri system does look suspiciously like a soundstage and some dry ice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it is just smoke on a soundstage. Like that, they didn't for this one. They're like, can we? Can we? How cheaply can we do this? Can we just not have a set? Sure, smoke is a set, right? Everybody's yeah. going to be focused on Bruce Valanche anyway. It doesn't. Really and then matter they put him in like him. a ho- in a, like a hotel lobby or a theater lobby for the, his like throne scenes, so they didn't have to do a set for that either because that's location. <laughs> now was it clear that uh, they cut his head off? Yeah, and why he's does still, his head come and off? And he's fine. Oh, he's his fine. head coming off is the best special effect ever achieved <laughs> through the cunning technique of having the screen edge just stop at his neck. <laughs> they call that movie magic. You don't even see it. You don't even suspect. You're like, how did they even do that? We're so wrapped up in the movie that we don't even notice such trivial things as, in, as that. You fill it in with your imagination, and that's the most exactly. beautiful special effect of all. Come to think of it, locating Bruce Valanche's neck does require some effort. <laughs> so his head, his head comes, yeah. comes off. The near naked ladies fight. They torture the severed head of Bruce Valanche, which is who is. Which, it's fine. It's yeah. fine because he's just what? a head. Really? Turns out. <laughs> and, and they find and they find the princess's father, who is an Omega robot, which oh. is a kind of robot that's mostly human, but a robot. Instead of foam rubber. Yeah, they make a mistake of trying to have another dramatic scene. Like when the guy dies, they try to be dramatic. When she said that her dad's a robot, they try to be dramatic. Don't even, they should not do this. So she's half robot? <laughs> no, no, you're missing it. It's not she's really She's more of dad. a Delta robot. It's, it's that's funny. Robot. She doesn't look bodish. Delta robots! <laughs> uh, but have no fear, she blows on a ring, which get, creates a hologram, which tells her, the hologram tells her that her father can truly be found at, and I wrote this down because it's very, in all the galaxy, how will you find him? How will you reach your father? And the answer is, he's at coordinates 283 <laughs> on Iona Projection. So 283, that's where he is. Just go over there to 283. On Iona Projection? On you Iona didn't projection. know what You didn't know what projection to use before. Well, that's right. That's the that's the key is it's not just the number you also have to know what style of projection it is with the Iona projection two eight three he'll be there you don't you don't know how many projections there are if there, there are, are enough projections, projections. two eight three could be granular enough it really, to get you somewhere in all the galaxy yeah they really missed a, a chance to play up the space pirate thing here because they could have had a treasure map where you have to go yeah, to a nebula an and then take fifteen paces that way and mm-hmm. yeah, well see that would have required having a, a course because. Several times they talk about if we deviate at all, we'll be lost in the, the time warp forever. But they don't have a course. They just have a coordinate they have to go to. So it doesn't really make any sense at all. They're going, you know? they're going straight. It's, yeah. yeah, they're just straight. <laughs> just, just hold it steady, and it'll be steady as she goes. 
Fly casual. There's only one way in on the Iona projection. Go that way really fast. If something gets in your way, don't turn. Nope. Yeah. Well, but there was a really funny uh, uh, line here. It was off off screen from Bruce Valanche. Oh, uh, yes. With a ca- I was care to make a deposit. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that one I did not get as a kid. The uh, ring comes out of his mouth. We have our we have our C three PO we have our C three PO jokes here too from Ju- Bruce Valanche. I always wanted to get ahead. Don't drop mm-hmm. me. I just got my nose done. That's a back and forth, man. That is gold. Well, <laughs> yeah. Bruce Valanche is a bad actor, but you can rely on him to come up with a bunch of cheesy one liners. Yeah. Like I'm sure thing. all of his stuff was his own material. That's his core competency. I yes. always wanted to get ahead. You're right, though. Would you care to make a deposit? Is a genuinely funny line, and of yeah. course, it's, and, and one yes. that one that kids are not going to get. Nope. And it nope. strikes me it must have been a complete accident because he says it off screen, yep, and yep. I, I think they just forgot to remove it. <laughs> Nobody noticed he even said it. And so this movie decides the next part is that, like all '80s movies, it is going to have a straight up mostly taking itself seriously love scene between the leads totally gratuitous sex scene on the holodeck with porno music by casio it's not a holodeck they have an actual wind machine and sprinklers in every cabin you guys are missing one of the important parts of the movie before we get to the holodeck love scene which is they've rebuilt the robot and now he's black why is he black because i wanted to make him perfect says roscoe Yes. Yeah, this movie is like a weird mix of like just, you know, minorities accepting their roles in 80s society and rebelling against that subtly by by making them making a human character in the movie who's black and by, you know, fighting against the stereotypes with like, I don't know if it was supposed to be hilarious that they're look, look at them. They're so they're rebelling against these stereotypes. But yeah, that, you know, that that line is not it's not funny, but it's not played for laughs. But it's like, I don't know. It's like defiant. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, also, there. I just this is the point where I I wanted to mention again that there are all these baby animals on the ship. And, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you've got them. You've got them in the prop department along with yeah. everything else. When <laughs> you have a water shortage, you definitely want to start your own zoo. <laughs> no, no, it was it was they they rented them for that scene in the desert. They said we got them for an extra three days. Okay, we're not gonna we're gonna use them. They're there for the time warp gag mm-hmm. later on. Yes, that's, yep, that's yep. why they're there. So so Robert Urich playing Space Pirate to the Hilt is wearing his puffy shirt here. He's got his official puffy pirate shirt on. Yeah, he's got the chest hair. He goes to the um the door of the princess, and she is saying, oh, a little harder. That's perfect. Don't stop. Don't stop. To which he's like, I'm going in there, and <laughs> finds a robot with steam coming out of his head, ears, or whatever. <laughs> He's been massaging her, Jason. What were you thinking? I assume, although I expected a bigger like, oh, that was a great massage, and they just kind of leave it there, I think. No, no. Every single thing that they attempt to do in this movie, they shank into the bushes yeah. in some yeah. key well, way. Like in the 80s, that's all you needed. All you needed was the setup. Like, there's no needed punchline. No. It's like, you just need her going, oh, harder. It's like, that's the laugh line, like, instead of being the setup. I, I do have to say, children who might accidentally watch this movie at some point, please, please take heed of this fact. A lot of body to rub is not a good line to use on a woman. <laughs> it's just not. At this point in my notes, it just says they exchange double entendres. Because uh, that's what happens. There's, It's not really smart, clever dialogue. They and exchange spit. double And then they get entendres. all breathy, and then they kiss each other. And they go and to then, the holodeck because yeah. he's brought his favorite program, which is a clear square of plastic. And then he inserts into the 80s uh, electronic game. Now, 
do you think it was a holodeck too? I really don't think that was a holodeck. I think it just had a screen. <laughs> well, that, it had rain, it had room. water, and we assume that water wasn't really there. I guess it's holodeck. Water. You assume it. Water is in shortage. You don't you don't use it on the holodeck. <laughs> yeah, it's not this is water. why it's in shortage because everybody insists on having sex <laughs> under sprinklers <laughs> all the time. It was it was anti, it was antibiotics. That's uh, what it was. So yeah. it, it's mm. a a screen with various things behind it in the and uh, the and rain. And at one point, it looks very much like a romance novel cover. <laughs> Except with yes. Robert Urich in it. <laughs> Robert Urich is Fabio. The, the, Ca- the Casio demo tape really does double yeah, duty my, in this scene. My notes say, please make it stop. <laughs> yes. This is when we get the line roundabout, it feels so stiff. The mm-hmm. belt, I mean. It just keeps going. It's so long. This I was yelling at the screen. What is this scene doing in this movie? Shouldn't you be at the controls is not that bad. You though, had to have say. love scenes. If you had a movie yeah. and there were leads, you had to have a steamy love scene. My next line of notes is just. Yeah, yeah I, I was yeah. going to say that's the point where you tweeted. Ugh. Oh, it's so, so bad. But I have to say, then. It, it wrapped all the way around and I laughed out loud for one of the only times in this movie because all of a sudden they cut to stock footage of waves coming in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Might as well be a train going into a tunnel. Volcano erupting. <laughs> rocket taking off. That was really funny. You don't need to reinvent the wheel nope. here. That was really yeah. funny. I, I liked that a lot. The stock footage of waves. And, and the best thing was the stock footage was like, it was just terrible oh, stock terrible. footage. Like it, was, it looked like it was... I don't know, like like it was from VHS or something? Did they have VHS? It wasn't film. It was just, it was like lower resolution and dimly lit and just... It was, however they did the rear screen projection in this movie, uh, they, because there was a couple times, like when the guy watches the ship take off and stuff like that, you can see right. it's actually stuttering because they, <laughs> they, they like shot it like out of sync slightly, uh, and, which is strange because in the credits there's somebody who's credited with keeping everything in sync. Um, but the, the rear screen projection is just awful. Oh. I, I love those waves though, because that's just that's just go ahead do yeah. it. So, but but they can't no no more time for uh, any more action because it's red alert on the ship. You can tell because of the Aruga sounds <laughs> that are <laughs> signify red alert on the pirate ship because they're entering the time warp. Yes, this is the moment when the scriptwriters and uh, and directors and everybody on the set realized we've got a week left and about. Uh, Three thousand dollars. Let's wrap this thing up quickly. <laughs> well, I think the whole movie was building to this yeah, final so, gag. Yes. Like this is this the movie is built around. But this. then, but then it's short and it's uh, it's just so confused and short and not very climactic. It's uh, I like it. It looks I, like it was rushed. I think it's still I think it's still inventive. If you're going to do a comedy movie, yeah. this is a good way to end a comedy movie with this. Like it, the execution is bad. The execution of everything in this movie is bad. But <laughs> are as you purporting then that this is a comedy movie? Because I'm still not certain of that fact. <laughs> I think it's trying to be a comedy. I think yeah. the movie is built around this and a couple of other gags. I, I like the time warp effect. I, not effect. The effects are terrible, but the concept, <laughs> yes. the concept I think is interesting and the execution is entertaining enough for me. Imagine Futurama does the same gag. Hilarious, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just execution. Is the just problem. get some better fake beards. And I think you're in. I, I have to admit, I found it funny that um, we kept cutting, and then like Robert Urich has a beard, and then they've got what <laughs> they've got the white beards afro. and long hair, and then it's like even, and, and the, she's pregnant. She's like, I'm feeling sick, and then she so she's pregnant, and then she has a baby already. 
And his response is, sorry about that. Yeah. And then they're old and decrepit. <laughs> he's giving her the stink eye because she he hasn't been there to raise their child for the past five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then yeah, he's a deadbeat dad. He was busy fighting in the engine room. And then uh, by the end, they're like, they actually use the line, I'm getting too old for this, which I thought <laughs> yeah, of was course they do. actually pretty funny. That Yeah. That, that, yeah, no, this is, the, I actually enjoyed this. It was as ridiculous as it was. And then, then their son is now a hero. He's now Robert Urich. And, and uh, that whole- Versus- Utility. Yeah, I mean the the fighting itself is completely nonsensical. It's just more sword crap. People hitting each other. But the joke is that really they're doing slowly. it with a long beard and white hair and all of the, that. The idea of sending the robots in to fight each other and just standing in the background rebuilding them the whole time is actually kind of interesting. Yeah, if only yeah. the robots looked like they could fight. Yes. <laughs> or looked anything like robots instead of just people in suits. Push them over <laughs> and you're done. But yeah. no. <laughs> and they occasionally have a sword that makes one of them. I think they told the extras or whoever's in the suits to try to act like robots and all of them like (laughs) I don't know they decided to like do the robot dance and just kind of like all their motions are kind of jerky and fake it's like someone doing charades and trying to pretend they're a robot but it's 1984 you could hire break dancers you could hire Shields and Yarnell they're not doing anything at (laughs) this point they did not hire break dancers but good news everybody even though everybody is old and oh the nanny made me laugh out loud too where she goes outside to get to get the nanny yeah, and she's, she's a dead, desiccated yeah. corpse. <laughs> and they, they have they have strobe lights and they change the speed of the film if this yep. indeed was shot on film several and, times. And they yep. added a sound effect whenever they changed the speed of the film, um, just in case yeah. it wasn't clear. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. And here we see the ignominious end of the space herpy underneath Percy's foot with zero <sighs> fanfare. Obviously, they couldn't figure out anything else to do with the space herpy. And they thought, oh, we got to tie up this loose end. We've used all of our yeah. good jokes about the space herpy. <laughs> We've already agreed that because of the groundhogs, they've definitely seen Caddyshack. That after the end credits, the space herpy pops up and starts doing a little dance under the end credits music. <laughs> yeah, because it's not actually dead because the uh, the way the, the time, time resets. resets everything. Yeah, so Thank they goodness. technically just brought the space herpy to, to Earth. the seventh. Or, yeah. Oh, they've so. probably destroyed the planet. Yeah, mm-hmm. serves so us right. Mm. They brought herpes to Earth, is what they did. <laughs> because of, of scientific things, they all are reset to their normal ages, and they say, "We came through it, yay!" And the seventh world is out there, and they look, and it's it's Earth. At which point, my wife turned to Whoa. me and said, "Barf!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I was wrong. It was Earth, Earth all, all along. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Earth has enough water on it to supply the needs of the, the entire, entire galaxy. galaxy. That's right. As opposed to having just enough for Earth. And so Roscoe says, we're out of business. The uh, end. Well, that's right. This movie has the decency to end the movie there. Like yeah. in modern days, if you had True. a terrible movie like this, there's no way in hell that they have the decency to end the movie at that point. But this movie realizes we've done everything Let's we were, we were going to do. Stage. We had our big set piece. One line and we're out. That's it. We've pushed our luck enough as it is. <laughs> um, I made a note. I don't have any context for it and I have blocked out the context, <laughs> but it amuses me. So I'm going to read it anyway. <laughs> don't touch that ring. It's been inside Bruce Valanche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's in his mouth. Yeah. It's, Probably. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's that's what sets up the uh, would you care to make a deposit joke? I oh. think can we all just like take a moment to whatever filthy, filthy joke that we <laughs> could make if this were that kind of podcast? Let's, let's we'll take a moment it. of silence. And imagine that Bruce Valanche is saying it.
So oh, I, I, I think I need to go around now and ask everybody whether they thought this was essentially, in the words of the Flophouse, <laughs> I guess I would say a good, a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked. But we're not the Flophouse. We can't say that. So I am interested in whether you were entertained by this movie or uh, or put upon by this movie. And, and, and please state whether you saw this as a child, too, because I'm very curious right, that, about that aspect of fair, it. Fair enough. Let's start with Joe. Joe, what did, what, what did you think? Uh, did not see it as a child because uh, I was two, uh, oh. and the the movie is just awful in every way. <laughs> <laughs> awful in every way. Good, uh, good uh, verdict there, John Syracuse. What about you? I saw this movie dozens of times when I was a kid because I think it was on TV a lot, and parts of it that I saw as a kid that you know that I could connect back to now, or like when I was a kid, the castration scene was hilarious. When I was a kid, the, the, the time warp thing at the end was clever and inventive. I remember not noticing how terrible the robots were and liking the idea that they're constantly falling apart and that guy's job was to repair them and you were proxy fighting by having the robots. Like all those things work when you're a kid, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. Kids have bad taste. <laughs> this, is, this is not a good movie. Adults should not watch this movie. There is nothing to recommend it except for a little bit of the nostalgia of I remember seeing this as a kid, which is a shame because it's one of those things where, you, you know, is this going to hold up? Am I going to watch it? And, you know, it's just there's not even enough nostalgia to carry me through this movie. I was bored. It was disappointing. It was kind of just gross and not funny and not interesting and couldn't recapture any of the magic that I had as a kid. So it is. I Yeah, I it's. It's disappointing, I guess. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it had a soft spot in my heart because I saw it just so many times. Like, I think, especially the boring parts of this movie, I would stop paying attention, and then I would pay attention again when the parts that I liked came back on. And so you only remember memory... about three minutes of it then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all memory of this movie was gone, and now when I'm watching it, I'm like, I expected to be reminded of things. I'm like, I guess I just never rewatched this movie, as uh, these scenes as a kid. I guess I just went off and did something else and then came back when when the guy had a big afro because time was passing. <laughs> <laughs> so how, now can you compare it to the core uh the core is a better movie than this as painful as that is to say, to say isn't it <laughs> it's got better special effects the, the core is more competent and less embarrassing because it's less dated and the the problem with this movie is almost like the, that it's so close to being not you know it wants to be Time Bandit so desperately, but it's not. It wants to be Star Wars, but it's not. It wants to be Buck Rogers, but yeah. hell, it wants to be the Black Hole, but it's not. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. it is. It is like <laughs> it is like fourth tier bad sci-fi. Monty, what about you? I must have seen it because I distinctly remember it constantly being on HBO, but I have no memory of it whatsoever. But to be fair, I barely have any memory of watching it. Just recently, uh, <laughs> I like how goofy and poorly made it is. There's a lot of bad movies that are just boring. I at least was not bored by this movie. Yeah. It is also not very good. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would not recommend it to people. I can sign on to that. Andy, what about you? I'm 95% sure I did not see this as a kid. I definitely I, I remember I remember the alien on the toilet scene and I remember the old people running in like Benny Hill speed at the 
end of the movie. <laughs> I'm not sure where I saw. I, I'm very, but I the rest of this movie was I, it was unfolding brand new to me. So I'm very sure I didn't see it, but I can't I couldn't testify to that. And no, I just hated this movie. It was it was one of those things where I, I'm watching I'm watching this movie tonight, and I swear to God, like every three four minutes, I just had after the first fifteen or twenty when I realized what I was in for, I was just like, I hate this movie. Why I hate this movie? Yeah. It, it makes you want to flee. Like, did you, did you find yourself getting up and going to uh-huh. another room? You felt like you needed to flee. No, no, because well, because, <laughs> well, because okay, I, I did I did take a break for uh, for the CBS evening of comedy <laughs> so may, so may, maybe watching like the hour-long season finale uh, series finale of two and a half men hopefully would have set me up for the sort of comedy that was to come for the remaining uh, 45 minutes of this movie but the the problem that i was having with it was that it was just so slow and there was such distance between jokes that i couldn't start thinking of it as a comedy and there were like little like micro beads of interesting plot like uh-huh. again the idea that we're going to fight a battle but our job as humans is to fix the robots as they get there and we're talking about little micro beads like in suspension of raw sewage yeah. here and i just I, I it was just so tedious and so horrible and the if if this were a fast we've all seen these movies like on the on mst3k and sometimes when you get to see them like without the commentary they're still kind of entertaining because they're awful there's nothing redeeming about them but they move so fast that your brain is can't really harbor the last awful thing you saw because then the next awful thing is coming up right ahead you got to sort of reset the buffer for that so yeah it, it was just really seriously two hours of if not for the fact that I've, I'm doing a podcast on this <laughs> in three hours' time, there is no way in hell. I, I, I tweeted out that I was looking at my cue because I, I have to. Uh, there was I also I'm behind watching like uh, movies I want to see before the Oscars on Sunday, so I had to like reflect that. Okay, so let's see what's in my like Amazon Instant Video rental queue. Let's see. There's Birdman, the heavily acclaimed uh, Birdman best picture oh and boyhood that epic movie that took 20 years to make a true visionary and ice pirates and the ice pirates <laughs> and i have to watch ice pirates mm-hmm. before these two <laughs> yep it's delayed gratification for that's sure. the thing i always remember this movie as ice pirates in andy's little screenshot in his queue it was called ice pirates the actual title of the movie is the, the ice, ice pirates. yeah <laughs> and i i did not know that until the the title screen ice came pirates up. Come and, it, and it's weird to me that in, in andy's queue it said ice pirates like even even that whatever that was netflix or whatever gets it wrong well you want to distinguish it from those charlatan ice pirates that are trying so hard yes. to be the cool ice yeah, pirates. What, what andy was saying about this movie being like like slow and like the long distance between the jokes i think back then there was just so much more tolerance no, for downtime like I even if you know. think of a movie like a great well, movie like Zucker, like think of like trading Zucker spaces Abrams and Zucker are, movies are all yeah. rapid fire yeah. you, you know well, no, but you, think, airplane, i think it's your your top secret i was watching yeah. the blues brothers yesterday and it's a funny funny movie but it's not afraid to have we're gonna have like a four minute scene that's just nothing but drama we're gonna establish these characters and it doesn't seem to slow down the movie at all especially because boy they, boy do they make up for it in the last 15 minutes of that movie but this, <laughs> well, I was this one say, was just like, a, like trading places which is a great 80s movie if you watch it again you realize that it is like the, the joke per second ratio or whatever oh, sure it is just so much lower back then because they were willing to tolerate yeah. having 
just scenes that like there is no joke in whereas in modern comedies you are not allowed to have a scene no matter what it is whatever you're establishing there must be a joke well, in it every three sentences the thing about the ice pirates is that i feel like there were setups for jokes and then there was like no joke like you were saying it's like literally like isn't this setup wacky and then they walk away yeah the yeah. setup was the joke but sometimes they didn't do that sometimes the ice pirates like they have whole scenes that there's not a setup nope. there's not a joke there's not drama like it's just just killing time even allowing for the year, I mean, it's the year before Back to the Future. It's the same year as Buckaroo Banzai. Well, well, that's why Back to the Future was yeah. so amazing because it was like, holy cow, like every, there's not a wasted scene, line, anything in that movie. Like you watch Back to the Future again now and the reason it holds up is because it is just beautifully structured and put together. It's like a, all the puzzle pieces fit. Every scene has a purpose. Every like it's not a joke, but every line has like a little bit of wit or a little bit of angle or something that you can notice like. That's why that movie was just knocked our socks off because, you know, it's contemporaries were so far off that mark. David Lore, what about you? Well, you know, I I uh I will avoid the copyright issues and, and say that it's it's not <laughs> spookily quite spookily good, bad. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite good enough to be bad good and it's not quite bad enough to be bad good. It's it's like oh, you know, it, watching it again, I know I watched it's it like, several oh, times. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's what the kind of movie we had used to have to watch because there weren't any good movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we had to, we had to watch it uphill both ways. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched it several <laughs> times back in the eighties because you know, again, it was on HBO all the time, um, and you know, I didn't like it then either. But you know, Robert Urich, you go, eh, I like Robert Urich, and. Um, and he is charming in it. He's just, he's Robert Urich. God darn it. But, but watching it this time, I, every scene, I kept thinking, who sat down and thought, I want to make this movie. This movie is my passion. I have to get this on a screen. Who thought this? No, nobody. No, no, and nobody. There's no passion um, in this. It, it was, it was very much an Ed Wood-ish experience. It's like somebody just. Had to had to make it. Ebert once had a um, I can't remember what what item in his movie glossary it was, but the definition was the the, the kind of movie that is act is, is less a movie than a filmed deal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's it. The studio wanted something, and this is what we got. Like I said, I don't feel this doesn't smell to me like what the kind of movie that uh, was originally a unique vision and was dumbed down into what we see. This feels like it was assembled. Oh, yeah. From parts. A, a lot of people who showed up and did the job they were contracted to do exactly. to the best of their abilities. Yes. Steve, what about you? Well, I did not see this as a, as a child, but I do remember much schoolyard discussion about what a wonderful, hysterical film it was. And I was always sad <laughs> that I never got around to seeing it. Me too. Uh, ha having seen it... Um, you want to go back to that playground and punch some kids, don't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crap. Um... <laughs> It, uh, but the thing is that I was, as I mentioned before, I was genuinely entertained throughout, and I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because I'm the sort of person who's entertained by, uh, you know, post car crash footage. But I just, I have to admire the sheer insanity of saying, "Hey, let's make a space film, but with pirates and knights." <laughs> I'm, I'm a little closer to you on the spectrum. I still don't like it, but. No, 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 it's not I good by, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's, it's clear that some people here were mistakenly under the impression that they were making a real movie. And, and some of them had fun. They're clearly having fun. 
what it comes yeah it's that's true and and it comes off to me like um they went on a really serious binge of some sort of substance <laughs> and and they didn't yes. come to until it had already been released to theaters well, and by that point it was too late probably i mean it really comes off like this is hilarious dude this is going to play so well and nobody ever like went back after the the binge ended and the the hangover was over and checked to see if it was actually that funny and this is what we ended up with <laughs> so i've certainly seen worse films I don't think it's a good film by any stretch of the imagination, but I actually sort of enjoyed it. Well, to to use a um, a uh, since we were making Flophouse references, to use a Dan McCoyism, uh, it moves along at a good clip. It, it, I, I didn't find like I wanted to open a vein while watching it. I didn't enjoy it, <laughs> but I I didn't have those moments like I've had with some movies that we watch where I like I can't. Like tomorrow, I'll watch some more of this, or I need to walk away from the <laughs> TV for an hour and rethink my life. Instead, it was like, yeah, okay, it, it is. It reminded me of of eighties TV shows that I like to watch, like The A Team or Simon and Simon or something like that. Except it was a sci fi <laughs> oh, yeah. movie that barely. And uh, yeah, it's a bad movie. It is not a good movie. In fact, when we when we had our our email discussion about this, I was like, oh geez, what if it actually turns out to be something that that is just you know cute and funny and 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 we're like kicking a little puppy by watching it and making fun of it and then i watched it and i was like good news everybody i hated it and i did i hated it it's a bad movie it, yeah. it is it is uh not just a bad sci-fi movie it's a bad comedy because it's not that funny and there's lots yeah. of empty spaces where there should be jokes and i don't know what ultimately for me i don't know what this movie wants to be and I think nobody who made it did because it is not a sci-fi movie like action adventure where the adventure is really fun and it's not a broad comedy where there's lots of jokes and it's really just parodying the format it is this weird like maybe you know kind of gentle like hey you know we like pirate movies don't we (laughs) let's do a pirate movie with the trappings of space and I don't, I, I just, I don't know why you make that movie. So well, I think it, it's it worked in its me. time, though, because like for if you are a ten year old when this movie comes out, like it, it entertained me in my childhood. I whenever this movie came on, it was exciting that this movie would be on TV and I would get to see it again. They played it all the time, and it would like this movie had that little extra something. Like it was, like I said, it seemed edgy or whatever. Well, it's it was great. A space movie. It, it is a great movie for entertaining dumb children. They say herpy in it. In, if those children they are in do. the 80s, they don't, you know, in the 80s, the effects don't bother you as much because everything looked like crap in the 80s, with the exception of, which is why Star Wars was on such a pedestal, because this was the, this was like the, you know, the standard. Uh, and I, I mean, it's still a bad movie because we, what you want, what we know we want now is like, can we make a movie that kids like that is also actually a good movie? Uh, back then, the answer seemed to be no. But I, I, I'm going to say, like, I'm glad this movie was made because it entertained me a lot as a child, as many things did entertain me as a child that don't entertain me now and as an adult. So. I just, there yeah. are other movies from this period that do something similar and are much, much better. And also that sex scene is really, but, but really I see, like try, try to think of one. Like, if, like, I'm trying to think of a movie Ghostbusters. that is, is similar. Ghostbusters. Same like, Princess Bride. Well, so I would say Ghostbusters is the not Princess the same. Princess Bride. Like Buckaroo Banzai, same Buc- year. Time Bandits is the best example Time because Time Bandits does like what this movie wishes it could do I'm right just, i'm just saying we we pulled out like five movies that probably <laughs> could uh, I, right but i think i think this movie had first of all this is a space movie we're, just, we're not gonna say ghostbusters obviously ghostbusters is a better oh. movie than this but we're not you know i'm saying like a, a space movie that's like also kind of like a space kind of comedy-ish like or a science fiction-y type thing and time bandits is the only one that i can think of and time bandits is way better than this 
but you know yes. there weren't many and of course you know obviously Ooh, the last starfighter yeah the yeah, last starfighter star star is, star is, is, yeah. is in a totally different category it's way better than this movie. a totally different category how specific is your category yeah it's, it's a fun it's a space movie, movie this is, from this 1984 like the life of brian where what is the what have the romans ever done for us i'm saying like you know like quirk, quirky space comedies the last starfighter is deadly serious my friend it's, wow. it's not really that deadly serious uh, no it the, is if you're a kid you're like this is what i'm training for this is a documentary <laughs> <laughs> last starfighter was like i'm like blowing my brain out with the computer effects it was like it was it was almost as important to me That's, as, as I, star I can remember that yeah yeah i just remember making yeah, weeks of death that. blossom jokes afterwards <laughs> they are comedies but it's the same year as the terminator and the predator it's just so incompetent I, I guess I think of this no, less as a movie and more as a TV thing. Like, because oh, those fair. weren't on TV. Terminator yeah. wasn't on TV. You know what I mean? Like, this, for whatever reason, was just, like, running on WPIX or whatever. I think what I would say is this is a movie that doesn't get made if it's 1985. Because I think that yeah. summer when Ghostbusters was the biggest movie and said, we can take, uh, we can make a comedy. And friggin' Bill Murray. With I mean, genre effects. Well, no, but, I mean, as a movie, it's like, we can take, we have special effects and plots. And we can, like, take our plot seriously and lay ladle a lot of comedy on top of it and it's a huge hit and i think that that changed the game and i think this is a movie from the, the no 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 you don't have to try hard just put it out there and it's <laughs> this, got space this is the buck rogers it. black hole era it is it, and it, really i mean it, it came out in march of 1984 so it had to have been made in 83 or even earlier you know who long who knows how long it sat this movie is the reason the terminator was such a big deal Right. Because again, this is this is the this is the contemporaries, right? And so when the Terminator comes out, I know I know you guys did the Terminator thing and you were like, Oh, it looks kinda cheesier than I thought. Like mm-hmm. Terminator was like, Oh my god, they finally done it because this was what was surrounding it. They also sent a robot back in time to prevent them from making the ice pirates, but sadly, that robot <laughs> was right. Well they're, when they reboot the franchise, that'll be a major plot. It was they a black, sent a black, be a black one. robot, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately that robot was uh, a human skin surrounding a foam rubber robot. Yep. So but the exact opposite of this movie is 2010, 2010, 2010 which yeah, is well, deadly serious and also but, deadly boring. But unfortunately, yes. it followed up 2001, which is kind of a hard act to follow. You raised a really good point earlier, but there, there's there's some movies that like you they're on HBO all the time for like two or three months. And maybe you were sort of 20, 30 percent liking it the first time you saw it, but it really grows on you as you get used to it. <laughs> like I, I, I have that relationship with uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy because it confused the hell out of me the first time that I saw it. After the third time, now I know what's going on and now I can s- start to appreciate the performances. Now that I'm not like spending all of my time viewing being confused like hell. So that, I think there, there might even be a category of movies like that where they you you are quite correct to be a big fan of this movie, but that will only come if you've had the experience of being able to sort of numbly see it without paying 10 bucks each time. And if you're 10 and if you leave the room during the boring yeah, exactly. parts. I feel like HBO beat an appreciation of Under the Rainbow into me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Through just sheer force of playing it all the time. All right. We've reached the end. It's time to go. I feel, I feel like better. Thank you for we've this done what we've, what we've done what we need to do with the Ice Pirates. Cue the memorable scenes over the rock and end credits so it looks like an episode of Hardcastle and McCormick. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, pretty much music it. over the end credits. You can't argue with that, huh? That's well, you're, you're gonna you're gonna like speed up and slow down the last five minutes of this yeah. this episode, right? Sure. Well, we we all have white cool. beards and big white afros now. We, what are you we're talking our about? own children. Yeah, exactly. 
All right. Uh, let me thank my my panel of people who watched this movie. Uh, Steve Lutz, thank you. A lot of body to rub, Jason. A lot of body to rub. <laughs> yes, David Lore, thank you. You take care of him. I'm going over here. Andy Anatko, thank you very much. I feel as though I have to go see the third man five times now just to reset my <laughs> reset my, so that's, my that's like my, fifteen my, men. My that's a lot. <laughs> uh, Monty Ashley, thank you. Seriously, that ring was inside Bruce Valance. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of body to rub, Monty. A lot of body to rub. John Syracuse, thank you. I still don't quite know why I'm watching these movies, but I hold out hope that, that at some point we're going to see a movie that either is going to be so incredibly bad that I find it entertaining or that we're going to find a good one. This may be a foolish hope given Alas. the movies you picked Oh, it's so totally far. foolish. Alas. And Joe Steele, thank you. We're glad that you made it this time to uh, watch a bad movie with us because we were just blaming you for watching bad movies without you. Yeah. Well, I, I still say that was actually Tony's fault. Because yeah. I just gave a list, and then, then Tony Tony said the core was, was good. Blame so. it on Tony. Yep. I want to see this list. Especially since he's not here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, well, that's it. We will be back. I'm going to warn everybody now what our next movie is so that you can not watch it if you want to, or you can watch it again. Uh, You're going to warn me about it, too, because I don't know what this <laughs> You is don't know be. what it is. Okay, no. well, I'm going to unveil it here. We're trying to take. We, we're trying to jump around and not do the same decade again until we've covered movie history, or at least a large chunk of it. So next, we're going to the 1970s to watch Sean Connery in Zardoz. Oh, no. Now I remember this from the bed. No. Come on. What are you doing to me? Can't we do like Highlander at least or something? But but the red diaper. Sponsored by Depends. All right. We can do Zardoz. But, I'm going to spell it Z-A-R colon D-O-Z. D-O-Z. Sure. That improves it. Very nice. And until then, when we watch that film, thank you to everybody <laughs> for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.